Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I am Michael Petro, and on the show for you this week, you've got Mark Cal, Rob Strachan, and myself talking about two things that always come up in conversation together, long takes and documentaries. I know every time I talk about film, that comes up every time. No, it doesn't. That's why we're doing it today. Uh, long takes specifically, we made our own top ten list and whittled it away to our top three. So we throw those in each other's faces and try to figure out who's got the, the biggest set of cojones to do a long, continuous shot. If, if you don't know what the long take is, not everybody knows. Uh, a long take is where there's no edit, where there's no cut, and it brings you into the story. It's like really watching something instead of being taken out and brought back in from a different angle. And then we talk about uh, the documentaries that blew our hair back, the first documentary that you were like, what's going on in the world? Why are things the way they are? And how did it take so long for me to learn about this in a movie? Uh, we talk about that, plus our weekly watch lists and a bunch of other tangents. I uh, try to promise we don't deliver, but you know what? They end up being so juicy, so we keep them in. Uh, that's the show for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have learned that sometimes to say less is to say more. So now everything is said in the show notes. I will stop coming at you with all of this donation, tab, pro, prop shop stuff. It's all there. If you want to support the show after you're done, or continuously support the show because you're a fan, there's a bunch of ways to do so. They're all in the show notes. We have a prop shop. We have a donation tip, all right? But the one thing we would love it if, you're, if this is your first time. Thank you, by the way. If this is your first time and you like us and you want to support us, just subscribe. Work's done. One and done. We'll be in your, in your podcast player each week with more dumb shit that we can always promise. And, uh, yeah, then you support the show and it's a win-win. We love that. Anyways, I got nothing else for you. Oh, that top 10 thing that I, I, it's so much fun because this week the top 10 uh, is brought to you by Manitoba, Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in our number 10 slot, uh, Landcut, Subcarpathian again. I really need to Google that place. Uh, number nine, Edmonton, Alberta. Number eight, Melita, Manitoba. Number seven, Baconia, Manitoba. Number six, Morden, Manitoba. Number five, Niverville, Manitoba. Number four, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Number three, Concord, North Carolina. We love you. Vancouver, British Columbia. Fuck. I love that we have a home away from home. I don't know what Martin's doing to you all out there, if he's giving you a hand job or dosing your drinks. But thanks for listening to the show. I'm sure he's doing neither. It'd be fine if he was dosing your drinks. No, I'm really kidding. <laughs> Anyways. And lastly, to our number one fan. Winnipeg, Manitoba. Thank you so much to everybody who listens to the show. These are just the top 10 places that do some heavy lifting for us, that spread the good word about our ridiculous nature on this show. And thus we see the download spike, and thus we have to thank you, because to not do so would just to be, would just, just to be, it would just be rude. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you episode 112. I will cue the reel, and you enjoy the show. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Welcome, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Real Debaters production. To my right is... Robbie Strachan. And to his right... Mark Cowell. <laughs> this is, I, think, I think this is the first time in a long time, three in the room. No Martin, because he's back doing stand-up, so fucking awesome. But I think this is the first... Is this maybe the second time, third time that we've all just been here and recorded? Is that... 
Am I wrong like on that? In, in your new in your new studio? Yeah, in the new studio. This is our yeah. second time. This the is three our second of us. time. The three of us. Okay, all right. right. I've yet to be here with four. Yeah, we well we one day we'll yeah. make that happen. I feel like I feel like when four, Ian doesn't cancel. I, I feel like four. <laughs> I don't have enough. Funny, Ian. <laughs> I don't have enough hands for four. In, oh. <laughs> What do you? What do you? <laughs> that reminds me of a, a certain Silicon Valley episode, <laughs> which what, we talked about on what the HBO one. Yeah. How many? How many? We gotta put the dicks tick to, oh tip to tip. Oh my goodness! I believe that's when I was when Silicon Valley solidified my. They got me to like them. That was that episode. It. It took you that long. I mean, I loved it, but I'm not. I'm not an IT guy. I was I'm literally not, like like ten minutes into the first episode. I was like, this is the greatest show ever. <laughs> I'm not really saying it wasn't great, but when that happened and the writing got, because it's Mike Judge, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when it got real whip smart, I was like, okay. And to be able to take jerking off a room full of people and using an algorithm at the same time, you're speaking to multiple crowds. So, I think that's when I was like, okay, I might not be an IT guy, but I do love a good dick joke. So, you and, win. And you love mathematics. I, yes, <laughs> through and through. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick the tires, light fires, and we'll start with Mark. What the fuck did you watch this week? Oh, we were talking about this early on. Uh, I had caught. I kept, I'm doing the catch up on movies that I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, so I've been hammering through, even the one, it's sort of the ones that I put aside that people said weren't very good. Um, so I'm the. <laughs> So you're watching the, the blame ducks. The, I was kind of doing the, the like the redheaded stepchilds of the franchise movies this week. Um, I apologize to any of our ginger listeners. Yes. Out there. Yeah. Listener, if you got red hair, Mark, Mark yeah. doesn't really mean that. I also have some red hair, so that's it's my word. <laughs> you can't use it. <laughs> I'm taking it back. That's ours. Um, yeah. So I watched it started off with um, Dark Phoenix. Oh, how was that? It? Was a reject? Uh, wasn't as bad as I expected. That's I, because everyone told you it was a giant I was expecting turd. nothing, <laughs> and it wasn't quite as bad. It completely fucks up all timelines to do with any of the the other movies. It steps outside. Uh, well, literally every X Men movie contradicts yeah. the one. But that's why they it. they put out Days of Future Past, so now that they can just everything makes sense because it's just a different timeline. Could Days of Future Past exist in the multiverse? Yeah. And that's the tie-in. Uh, so I started with that. Wasn't quite as bad as I was expecting. Um, then we did, oh, um, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, talk about that for a second. Fanny packs. That was next. <laughs> it was pretty. <laughs> I thought it wasn't great, but I had a long conversation with a guy I work with who's uh, a big comic book uh, aficionado. And he made me see it through the eyes of if the movie was made in 1984, right? It didn't give like the modern treatment. So the cheesiness of movies from that era, it wasn't just the nostalgia of the things in it, but it it was made in the way that a movie in 1984 was made in some respects. So I, it, I get a little more appreciation for it with that. I just thought it was uh, too much of a love story, right? I, I think the the way that she stops max lord at the end by just appealing to the love of his child while she's crying about her lost love uh, he didn't care about his kid no no not enough to give up everything like he went so far one way yeah that to go back the other way as a character you're yeah. just like nobody would i don't and know what i'm if, sorry what if the other guy had a really small dick <laughs> in comparison 
So just saying, it, it wasn't great. It certainly didn't live up. It comes to down to that every time. Sorry, you're right, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> certainly didn't live up to the first Wonder Woman, which you're expecting it to, and then having the Snyder cut of Justice League in between right, yeah. gave us the DC universe that I want, and then this felt like a step back in a lot of... Like, Pedro Pascal's character was DC pretty good. Comic, DC Comics had really bad storylines, though, with a lot of their comics in the 80s, so I can see that tie-in. But, like, don't give us that shit. Give us something good. It was pretty Like, cheesy. when Chris Pine read that script, he should have been like, <laughs> nope. what the I'm fuck? Out. I'm out. Hammer pants? Really? Uh, you want me in hammer pants? Uh, well, actually, them changing and doing that was probably the highlight of the movie. It me. was. It was such a great scene because it was like, okay, all right, some some levity, right? And then I finished off, not to dwell on it because, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Then I watched Bumblebee today of the Fra- Transformers franchise. Yeah, oh, I yeah, haven't yeah. seen that. How was that? You know what? It wasn't bad. It was, uh, but it it's, wasn't, it's like an but origin it, story. But it Bumblebee. wasn't good? No, you know what? I liked it. <laughs> okay. I, I like Transformers and I don't, I love the story. I don't need giant robots battling in like downtown Chicago for twenty five minutes. But that's fun. Yeah, it's it is to some uh, extent, what's and your it's amazing that they can do CGI like that. But I thought it was cool, like like feeling like Bumblebee was real. They're like in a garage, and he just transforms into a robot, and then he's timid, and he's like in the corner of the garage, and you really believe that he's a character. Like it, they did a really good job of incorporating the CGI and making it real so because wh- it was real life things. When does this take place? As if it's an origin story, is it like this when- is right when Cybertron is like falling to the Decepticons and they send Bumblebee Optimus sends Bumblebee off as like a recon mission to Earth to go there, protect the humans okay. and then establish an Autobot base mm. in the future. So he's the recon. So this is pre. Yeah. Pre uh, wiki. Yeah. Can he talk? Uh, he can talk at the beginning of the movie, and then they actually have a fight scene where he loses his voice controllers, my, voice synthesizer. My one issue with Bubble Bumble gets ripped up by Starscream. The entire oh nice, the nice. entire series is he's too big, and he's relatively small in this one because he's the the bug, right? So he's like oh he's not the Camaro, right? No, he's a bug. That's right because so he was the Camaro and all in the, the gar- like yeah. he's in a regular garage. Oh, and he's- perfect. So they didn't they didn't fall prey to no. General Motors uh, product placement. <laughs> no, they made buy a-, a Pontiac Solstice, please. <laughs> At the end of it, there's he does like kind of a reveal because he well, of course bonds with this teenage girl during the course of it. But right at the end scene where she's like, no, you have to go, you have people to save, kind of thing, and then. He does his little scan thing. They're in like San Francisco, Golden Gate Bridge, and he sees like a, I would say like a 60s Camaro driving, and he does a little scan, and then he converts to the Camaro, and she's like, what the? You could have been a Camaro all along. <laughs> like, and you, you just chose not to be. <laughs> Get this piece of shit. Yeah, it was hilarious. Incognito. It had humor, and it was good. John Cena sucked in it, but. Uh, as, you, as is. <laughs> it was nice that they didn't have many. Like did he was... apologize to the CCP? <laughs> there. Uh, what did he say? Or do? There's. Oh God. Let's not get. Okay. All right. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember. All right. Fine. It and it, they only really had two. Like they had a little bit of the fight at the beginning, but they only had two Decepticons basically come and chase him to Earth. Star screaming. And no, it was. I don't even know what the characters were. They were both cars, and then one could change into a jet, and the other one was a helicopter. So they were like they had like multi forms. I don't know if they named them in it or not. I didn't bother to check. One was female. Uh, new toy that Hasbro launched. That's what they're called. <laughs> yes, we need to good. sell toys from this movie. It was neat. It showed how he lost his voice and then how he kind of gained it back. And he was on Earth and he had no memory because he got the shit kicked out of him. And okay, so it 
because he is such a fucking pivotal it's character. A coming of age it's a coming of age for Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> watching watching his arc yes um, with teenagers with, and, i mean it is it was obviously marketed for but at the same time enjoyable watching i enjoyed it a lot i enjoyed it more than like the really deep uh what was the last transformers ones with uh with mark, mark Wahlberg. yeah it just got too much into like the old primes and all that shit was a little too much too much the leonard primes. nimoy yeah too so much. no i i enjoyed it if you like if you like the story of transformers and you like the original transformers which i did uh series one uh then for sure sweet and this isn't this this is not my Bumblebee essentially, right? Like it's not. <laughs> well, it was me. It was yeah, exactly. Like when I had Bumblebee, Bumblebee was a fucking bug. Yeah, my Bumblebee is not day, a right? fucking 2009 Camaro. <laughs> and he right? was this tall compared to Prime. <laughs> exactly, being this tall. and he is in this. Prime's huge, and he's like. Okay, well, that's good because that's that was my one beef with kind of the the first three Michael Bay movies is I always thought that there was a little Ratio continuity a little... issue with that. No, right? they made him like the right Bumblebee for it. For Perfect. Sure, so. So how many Herbie Love Bugs out of ten would you give it? You know what? I give it a salt. Like for what it was, like a good nine out of ten. Honestly, nice. I wouldn't. I'm sad that I waited. Well, I'm not sad, but I shouldn't have waited this long to see it. Robert, you sold? No. One hundred percent. If you're just in the mood for like something lighthearted Popcorn. that's still got your nine, Transformers going on, nine for what it is. Not in like the world of movies altogether. So in the world of movies, how what is it rate? Five point four. It's it's like a a solid six and a half action movie. Let's look at let's see what the Metascore is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Rotten Tomatoes. Let's check yeah. it out. Yeah, let's check. check. No, it was good. And oh. then I finished it up with uh, when wow. I start watching What Ifs. Oh, how is that? Show? I've oh, watched. So the, good. I've, like, is it the f- animated? Yeah, yeah. animation is wow, great. You need to check it out. The animation is beautiful. Yeah, it's really fucking good. beautiful. And they're pl- they're. To- I'll let you talk about. I mean that's that's something because Mike hates anything animated. It's it uh, is yeah no I watched uh, watched number two today on my lunch break. It's a bit of a balance like it's nice animation and it's not over detailed but you get the feeling that the character like you get the human feel from them because okay. it's it's not stylized. They do as good a job to make the characters look like their human counterparts from the movies as possible. Okay, so. You know, like uh, in the second one, like T'Challa looks exactly like him. Like there's not anything different. Like it's not stylized, which is nice. Same thing with like they stay close to the story. The first one is uh, what if Peggy Carter was the one who became the super soldier? And so the actual like the the, I love the the movie of comics when I was younger. Yeah, the movie of Captain America, like the way that Captain America goes, like when they're turning Steve into it Mm -hmm. and there's like the Hydra you know guy that pulls the gun and steals the thing when well it's that exact scene it just plays out a little bit differently so you feel it feels familiar mm-hmm. which it's, is pretty cool and all the actors are voiced by the like most well, of them are voiced that, well that's the way the what if comic was though the what if comic would actually pull from other comics and and then stylize it and just change it a little bit throw in a blender and see what totally. comes out i liked it a lot Except for, except for the pencils were different, right? Because it wouldn't always be the same artist, right? So if the what if was maybe something pertaining to Spider Man, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be Eric Larson. Pencil. Yeah, you you'd get your you'd get your artist from your series, Correct. and it would Correct. change. But Correct. um, but I, it was the same kind of feel and scenes and stuff like that. They're short. Uh, what's the Metascore? Uh, six point seven on IMDb. Oh, six point five. Oh, six point seven. <laughs> Come on down. You're the next contestant on the Price Is Right. Oh. Without going over. No kidding. That was close by point two. So it's a C. It's a C. Minus. But you know what, though? Okay, so in his defense, yeah, 
going in, being told whatever, piece of shit, and then walking away happy and not wasting two hours. Yeah, I get it. Like that's your argument. Like right? I felt a little disappointed at the end of Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I did too. Me and, oh, me and Chrissy gave up watching. It. I was I was so. mad because I paid the premium dollar to watch. Oh, it. Oh, you paid the thirty. I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever it was, the premium release. Maybe it was. I'm, uh, yeah. I'll I'll figure out a way to write it off. The whole time we were talking about it, I think season three of Stranger Things that takes place in the mall did a better job of taking me back to the 80s than Wonder Woman did. Well, okay. And I I will. Every time I watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, (laughs) To your point, Mark, I did. Have, I did hear the same thing from somebody else. They didn't explain it the same way, but they said, remember the 80s TV show of Wonder Woman and and how cheesy it was? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, that's what they tried to do. And I was like, okay, great. But we've, we, we, it, it, that's fine if the first thing wasn't so fucking awesome. Yeah. Except for it didn't have the cheese, the cheesy invisible jet where she's just like flying in the air. And Kristen Wiig is. Uh, but they is, did find a way to include the invisible jet. They yeah, did, they did they right? Did. I mean, I didn't really like Kristen Wiig in that movie. No, she didn't fit. She did not fit. I, but I, see, I, I looked at her. She was good as the mousy part, but I guess when she, when she kind of switched over, and then and then like she became Tigra, and it just I didn't like her as Cheetah at all. Or, no, or sorry, Cheetah. Yeah, like were I don't you know. watching the Thundercats or? Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Thundercats. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm tired. Okay. All the Panthro a- wasn't really all up to snuff. All the eighties are getting mixed together. Um, Snarlcat is that? She kind of reminded Snarf. Cringer. Snarf, that's a <laughs> He-Man. Close. <laughs> Close. Cringer's the Snarf of the He-Man universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't isn't or is he the Ordo? He's kind of Orco. Uh, Orco. He's Orco. Almost, fuck. I, I'm gonna just stop talking. <laughs> That's okay, man. That's what we're here for. Nobody claims that we're pros on this show. Um, uh, anyways, you were saying. Anyways, like, I, I looked at it like the early uh, Superman movies with like prior. What was that? Like three? Superman three. Right? And it, it's so cheesy. But if you see that was it through the one that. With the blood. Yeah, like you see it through that lens. I'm like, okay. The, yeah, the, prior, the prior one is gold though. You know that scene where he has to like put the cards in and the two guys are knocked out and he's like, he's, he's trying to put the other one in and he's trying to like use his leg to push the other guy's hand into the thing. That is, shit is fucking funny. <laughs> and it still holds up. And that's what you get when you put crazy, angry, coked out Richard Pryor in a movie. You're going to get fucking comedy gold. I think he, With was, Gene I think, I think and... he was on a clean little <coughs> You think, yeah? Yeah. Now, Brewster's Millions? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Mark. Like, when you look at it, when you, when you, when you put on a different pair of glasses, sure, it holds yeah. up. But you had such a monumentous piece of fucking gold when you made the first one. And if you're everybody you're appeasing to, it's now kids. These kids don't get that you're taking it to the '80s and trying to appease us forty and fifty year old fans. Like yeah. it's not, it's that's for us. It's not for them. And who went to go see it? Families. So everybody kind of walked away from that. I think feeling a little butthurt, and especially the way it started. Like it started with her as the little girl, like yeah. in that big race, and like why did we go through all of that? That was to show you at the end about if you want to be great, sometimes being great has sacrifices. Like it's yeah. not all about being, but we didn't need that scene. If that's the story you were telling when she had to give up Chris Trevor's Trevor yeah. Pine, whatever. You know what I felt like it was? Okay. You know, the, you know, the newer Conan Steve barbarian Trevor. movie. Thank you. The Conan, the barbarian. Movie, yeah. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. And that movie kind of sucks. But the first like 12 minutes of it with young Conan running through the thing with yeah, a yeah. bird's egg in his mouth, <clears throat> I felt like it was kind of they were trying to do the Wonder Woman version of that scene. You're totally right about that. But yeah. it wasn't done as well. But they were trying to give her more just, backstory it, it, to and create I get a world. It, but it wasn't it just it just 
it didn't have the cinematic feel that I was expecting it to have. Isn't it funny when you see like a scene and like there had another example in that Wonder Woman when they're in the jet and they're flying through the clouds and then there's the all the fireworks. Yeah. And they like, like yeah. they're just flying through fireworks for five minutes. Like, why are you wasting all of this time and CGI and money just for them to fly through the clouds and I thought that was a little look at each other too. longingly? It totally reminded me of Game of Thrones where they're on the dragons and they're just flying through the clouds and making love. And I'm like, I want to see the fight. I don't want to see these. Burn that fucker down. <laughs> DC has not been able to make two subsequent uh, DCEU movies in a row. Nope. Since Nolan. Oh, Dark Knight. They like when with Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight um, Rises. Like that, those are the only time they've had three movies that are cohesive, where they're super fucking good. All three of them. Yeah. Anytime they try to do a sequel to something, it fucking sucks. They are yeah. just, they just, I don't know what it is. They just, there isn't enough continuity or reliability with them from movie to movie. Because Batman's cool as fuck. And but no, but Nolan's, um, Nolan is keeps continuity in mind almost like I, when you give something to that man at that level with that price you get what you pay for but well he made batman batman begins but he already kind of had everything mapped out oh he did he had a trajectory from start to finish with 100%. bane catwoman joker harvey dent like he, he he well he did uh frank miller's dark knight like he did the the darkest batman we've ever gotten and you why know, it's the best batman and you know i want to see Zack snyder's whole universe give us like it a, all yeah like a trilogy from him would have been amazing and you know never what never gonna happen no it's They're, not no, but it's it not. should warner brothers ugh, warner brothers it. if you're listening let him do <laughs> his thing yeah let him spread his wings did anybody wings see the eagle. black and white yeah well i saw half of it okay. before i was like i've seen this <laughs> i was like this is not something i want to do for another four and a half hours so what but else? it was it, it gave it a different you know what it felt like it felt like watching a cheesy like detective movie because yeah, <laughs> batman's a detective right so if you like if he's you, not just a detective he's, he's the world's greatest, greatest detective. detective okay thank you um <laughs> i wish he used more of his bat, i wish he used more of his bat belt like random things from batarangs <laughs> bat shark repellent is still my favorite from yeah, batman 66 yeah. like when you just you're like shark really shark repellent man like who who first of all makes it who first of all anticipates a shark? Like you got to ask a lot of questions. The world's when, greatest detective. Yeah, <laughs> the I world's know. greatest detective, who's also a billionaire playboy. But he's now the world's greatest f telling a future. Then, if he knows he needs shark bait, uh, whatever. Point is, um, was Rob's that their, right. Was that was the shark repellent their jump the shark moment? Pretty much. What? No, the uh, the the bat the batuzi was the jump the shark moment. <laughs> So many Adam West moments. Uh, no, you're right, Rob. Like the the there's they just they go okay, cool. We did this. We've got them, and we don't need to follow up on that. But you're like, you fucking have to follow up on that. And when they introduced um, Wonder Woman in the Bad Ju Justice League, she came on scene badass, and then they followed up a movie with this badass in it. And you were like, okay. And that music that plays when she comes on screen, right? Like that. It's just so thrilling. And then you get this. They took Wonder Woman. They it's took weird this. how it's very similar to when Thor comes in. Yes. Yeah. Because isn't it? Isn't it? She's like female Thor. Yeah, oh, she's 100% female Thor. She's totally female. She's DC Thor. Yeah. yeah. Female Thor? Female Thor. Female Thor. Female Thor. I'm talking like my two-year-old. But, <laughs> but she was such, like you're saying, she was so badass in like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And all that shit. Yeah. 
And then this comes out, and she's like, "You made her a ditzy girl." She's she, kind of loose. Like she can't seem to throw her lasso through some wind. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? But <laughs> wasn't she like losing her powers or something in it? No, too, but she, that's after she got them back. Yeah, oh. like when they. You when know they... what? I think I think that movie all in all was a miss, and I hope they do another follow up Wonder Woman, and it's fucking awesome. I do and, too. And I and my gut's telling me that the next one will be okay. Rob, I want to keep you awake because you've been up since six, so you go next. <laughs> All right, so I'm watching this new show on Netflix called Salvation. Oh, I okay. Heard. So it was a, it's a CBC show, so it's a network show. Sweet, but it's basically current times, and it's where they discover that there's an asteroid that's 160 days away from colliding with the Earth. Okay, and it's basically them working with Bruce bil- Willis with a billionaire guy <laughs> that's kind knows no Bruce Willis, unfortunately, and there's no Morgan a team Freeman. Of no right. Morgan Freeman. Is and Elijah Wood isn't the one who discovers the comet. And Where's Pierce Brosnan with the volcano? <laughs> no, no. Pierce Brosnan's not in Volcano. That's Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. Sorry. Dante's Peak. And in Dante's Peak, that's when I learned about oh. snorkels on trucks. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We can go through the water. This truck has a snorkel. And I was like, wow, is this like an ad to buy a fucking truck? Can, we, just, like, can we do an episode just on like. Movies that were the exact same movie that and were that just came out in the same year. <laughs> yes, I, I think I think we talked about. Doing We've that. done. We we do. Let's we, put a pin in yeah. that and move on. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So it's there. back to salvation. It's uh, I don't know. And I mean, there's a character who's like his name is da- Darius Tons, and he's basically Elon Musk. And because <laughs> <laughs> who would who wouldn't save the you know right? You know, yeah, but if anybody's gonna do it. I don't know. It. It's just it's just it's and it's just got it's got we high need to level a big Falcon rocket high there. level conspiracy and like you know with the White House and the Pentagon and with the Russians and I don't know. I just like it. I like anything. I love the, that shit too. Where the world's gonna end and there are a bunch of fucking high level rich people. You solving love 2012, shit. don't you? Oh, 20. I fucking love yeah, it. Woody Harrelson's <laughs> so good in that shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, so I've been watching that show. Um, I started. Who's in it? Who's in it? Uh, nobody. I don't really? Know. Is it, so? It's it's just a bunch of people. So it's one of those. Network Why did you decide pl- to? Yeah, like because it just popped up in my algorithm. I was like, I'll watch this shit. <laughs> I hit the feeling lucky. <laughs> well, no, was it? It Play was just something. there, and you know when I you turn your Netflix on, and then all of a sudden the trailer just starts playing, and I was like, yeah. I was like, oh. I need a new show to waste a bunch of hours before I go to bed. Here we go, right? So, um, so I've been watching that. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, like eight episodes in or ten episodes in. Wow, you're chewing through it. Yeah, thirteen episodes a season. Wow, forty two minutes because it's a network show, right? Obviously, um, but it's not like it's not like every episode is serialized where there's like a it's it's a continuous story the whole thing, which I like, right? And yeah, there's a bunch of beautiful people in it. It's good. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. I'm just my mic's all fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. turked here. But. Uh, the other thing that I started watching this week, and I only finished half of it, is Paramount Plus finally launched in Canada this week. Uh, unfortunately, the app is not available on a television, so I had to stream it, like oh. mirror it. Um, but I I basically did the one week free trial, mm-hmm. and I started watching Mark Wahlberg Infinite. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool yeah yeah and so i'm excited to finish the rest of it i just haven't had a chance what's the premise uh where there's a, a group of of infinites and they basically every time they die they remember all the previous experience and memories of a previous person they get reincarnated each time oh cool and 
so so they get reincarnated in a new body and have that person's memories and correct. lose their previous over, oh that's over, cool over thousands over hundreds and thousands of years and there's two factions with the infinite there's the believers that believe they're there to help the world and then there's ah, what's the other faction called they're basically the opposite almost like deniers and they and they they want the they they want the world to be destroyed and to end because they don't want to you know deal with having to have these they, yeah, we're good we're done we've did we've done this kind of thing right? yeah 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 okay yeah I, I, I like this idea yeah it was it, it it's it, the thing that upsets me though is it should be it should be a theater movie it shouldn't be straight to streaming it, is it only because it's got lots of big action and and great no it's it's CGI got it's got a good story it's got good action it's got mark Wahlberg. um who's the other guy in it um I'll go. I'll go. Keep talking. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. He's a British guy. He was in Children of Men. Oh, Clive Owen. No, no, the other guy. Michael Caine. No, not the other guy. At uh, at uh, I think it starts with an E. His name. I'll get it. Just keep talking. Anyway, uh, cool premise so far. I was. I'm 45 minutes into this two hour and 15, two hour and a half movie. I like it. It's good. I recommend. You know, sign up for the free week. And uh, so, oh, there it is, right there. Uh, uh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, uh, uh, I can never remember. Chai Weedle. Yeah. Sorry to everybody. Chai Weedle. Ejol for yeah. fuck as Bathurst. Mark Wahlberg. Sophie Cookson. Yeah. Jason Manzukis. Nice. Rupert Friend. He's from Homeland. Uh, Toby Jonas. Anyway, Toby Jones. Anyway, wow. it's a cool sci-fi action premised. Good CGI. Uh, watch it. How long is it? I think it's two hours and a half, and I watched about the first forty-five. Oh, uh, Johannes Hakur Johansson is in it. That's uh... oh, I knew it. He's <laughs> he don't. Please tell me you know who that is. No, I don't. Oh, yeah. so I just thought it was yeah. a cool looking name. Uh, I am very impressed. You pronounce probably more of it than I thought you would. He's a handsome, bearded man. That guy. Uh, when uh, like, why aren't you going back to it to finish it? Is it just time? I just haven't had an opportunity. And you want to sit down and like. Absorb it. I want to enjoy it. Um, and I know Michelle will hate it. Back to... <laughs> I'm going to make her fucking watch it. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I, I, I've been watching Salvation. I watched this this week. Um, and then I also watched Over the Moon with my daughter. Talk about Over the Moon. You were saying that before we started. So Over the Moon is... Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, I can't remember the studio that makes it. Uh, it's it's affiliated with Tencent Studios. Oh, Tencent. They own everything. Well, they own everything in China until the CCP takes it over. <laughs> and uh, they literally just they bought freaking everything. Oh, yeah. They own the largest social media platform and they want a movie studio. And yeah. move. So it's 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 got a it's got a great fun story. It's got good songs in it. It's got these cute animated bunnies that, that Lucy loves and it's got great cast. Um, I think the guy that directed it and wrote it, he's known for doing a bunch of Disney movies and it's just, I don't know, it's just... Glenn Keane. It's just, yeah, Glenn Keane. It's just... It's, Ooh, it's Netflix animation. It's, oh, it is, yeah. I think Netflix basically bought the rights to it. Oh, that's cool. But it's just it's just a good kids movie. So if you want to watch a kids animated movie, I recommend this. It is definitely better than Frozen. Uh, and I'd say almost as good as Moana. Wow, you're putting wow. it up there. Netflix has a good animation team. I think they pulled an Oscar in for something. What was it? What was it? Abominable. I think they pulled. I think that was Netflix. They pulled an Oscar for that, and you it was like a, right, yeah. a no-name animation house. It was like two people or something, and they're like, "Oh, I guess we'll take an Oscar." 
Uh, he did animation for Glenn Keane, Tangled, Beauty and the Beast, and Tarzan. So those are big Disney movies. Like, yeah, they're pretty big. The guy clearly yep. knows his animation for sure. Yep. What's uh, What's Lucy's favorite thing about it? The bunnies. The bunnies. Uh, and the, the bunny. songs. <laughs> How many times have you heard the songs? I don't know. I think I've watched the movie like six times. You know where I'm going with this, right? Can you can you sing a song? No. Come on. I know you're tired. But can you show me some images of the yeah, the, the art on it? The scroll up. Scroll up. Scroll up. We'll check this shit out. It, the basically the premise is is you have um, a girl and and she's got kind of like a good little life with her with her family with her mom and her dad and then her mom gets sick and dies. And then her dad meets a new woman uh-huh. who has a who's got a son, Uh-oh. right? And she's also a widow, and they kind of come together. And I mean, yeah. And they and then she basically builds a spaceship to go to the moon, and blah blah blah. This animation is super tight. What I like about it yeah. is it's the big cutesy eye. Um, it's kind of like animated. Big, it's like Big Hero Six. Yeah, I was just gonna say it. Remi- kind of reminds me of Big Hero. It it doesn't have a lot of uh, what like shading. Doesn't have a lot of accent. But what it is is it's very clear and yeah. No, it looks almost clay. Like almost clay to me. I don't know. I thought it had lots of shading. It has lots of shading. Well, I'm not. But yeah, okay. By different light sources. Spot on. <laughs> I'm comparing it to like the anime I've been watching recently. So I'm on like. I'm, I'm just, well, this is different. This is 100 percent computer. No generated. shit is different. <laughs> I believe this static image is not not shaded to the the parameters that I would like. It's got John Cho in it as well too from uh, Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Margaret Cho. And Margaret Cho, comedian. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She's pretty funny. Yeah. I think I might have to put this in the... How many... Uh, she how was m- just in, I think I think she was in it, the Eliza Scherzinger Eliza, film? Eliza uh, Schlesinger. Schlesinger? Schlesinger? I just, I watched, actually, I, actually, I watched this movie two weeks ago. The Eliza movie? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I watched it because I listened to Eliza on <laughs> Rogan, and then I was like- Same thing. And then I was like, fuck, I'm going to watch this fucking movie. 100%. Yeah. That's how I did it. Uh, she's, I forgot how funny she is. She's so great. I like her. She's pretty funny. She's The Elder Millennial special is so precise. Yeah. I, I equate her to a Robin Williams. Her animated comedy, her movement around stage, her impressions, yeah. the in and out that she moves with such ease is very... She's not as hot as Robin Williams, though. No, I no. Do Robin Williams she's first. one of my favorite like, sweaty. like set <laughs> set comics. Like, yeah. you know, her show is a show. Yeah. It's not a lot of interplay with the audience. Mm-hmm. But it's great. She's for you, yeah. As opposed to interacting with you, hundred percent. Right? Hey, you guys ever think of this? She's like, let me tell you a story, and then she just goes, and it's very uh, yeah. mm-hmm. full of exposition, full of like Ex- and, good word exposition. Ooh. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about exposition and and why I like I, certain I things so like much. I feel like you've been challenging yourself to say lots of words with multiple syllables. Uh, I've been reading. <laughs> like, do you see the film books in here, man? I've been like, I should probably study up on some terms and shit. Are just, you are you are you familiarizing yourself with mes ensembles? Mise en scene? Is that. It's song. Song? It's, so I, it's French, bro. No, I'm not, obviously. <laughs> I know some mise en place. I do, yeah. I have my garlic. I have my uh, my shallots. I have my all, all my oil. I got it. I apologize to all of our listeners in uh, Eastern uh, Canada, aka <laughs> Quebec, <laughs> Belle Provence, uh, for uh, Mike Petro's lack of the French knowledge. Sorry That's for okay. not picking up the uh, first official known language of Canada. 
I mean, the only thing I can say in French is "Est-ce que je peux aller aux toilettes?" Which is basically, <laughs> "May I go to the bathroom so I can get the fuck out of French class?" I know Fermi <laughs> Le Grand Bouche, which was from French class. Uh, such a big je, mouth. Je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Ce soir. Je m'appelle Rob. <laughs> Mark, come on, uh, Isabelle too. Uh, before I, I go in here, I want to find out how many cute bunnies out of ten is over the moon for you because you've been watching it so much. I mean, nine point two. Really? Yeah. Have you seen? It's the... pretty fucking cute. I love that you get returns you out of it every VR? time. VR. Uh, animation where the bunny and the spaceship come down. No, that bunny reminds me of. Do it like a, a Google for like VR bunny or something, and it was like it's one of the first cartoons that they did in full VR. I know this one. I saw it. I had that it. bunny reminds me of the bunny from your movie there. With the big eyes. Yeah. And the, oh shit. This is definitely more might, kind of cartoony, whereas the other one is not, just no. more this, cute. This is, yeah. Well, this is the skip ad. Yeah. I can't play a YouTube on us because YouTube will, will, they'll find it somehow. Um, oh yeah, we don't need. The, I just was kind of curious. What this the bunny totally reminded me of the. Yeah, and this this thing was in like I think it's in my VR headset to tell you the it truth. It is. I watched it. On yeah, it. yeah, that's yeah. Okay, all right. So and you look around and the bunny's like VR hiding headset? behind you and. Can you just give me a picture of the bunny? Yeah, I can. Like, could you fast forward pl- past this young dupe? Jamie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're in the VR thing. We'll just look at the bunny. Yeah. Just give me images of the bunny. That's all I need. Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing Doesn't these images. Doesn't that not look somewhat like? Yeah. Eh, no, that one looks a little. I mean, more... this is definitely more rudimentary kind of animation. So, and listen, none of our viewers can see this anyway. So maybe we should move on. <laughs> we don't have viewers, right? Yeah. Hey, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason they can't see it. We're. <laughs> They might, they, they might be looking at the time tick on Spotify. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Their listeners, ergo, no viewing. So, Vis-a-vis. <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> you're dead to me. So I, I I have been, I finally listened to my mother, and she's been ranting and raving about how Yellowstone. Outlander? No, not Outlander. Oh, my mother loves Outlander. <laughs> I've watched Outlander. <laughs> she listens to the book on tape. She's Loves it. It's, I've heard there's so much sex in that show. Oh yeah, Maybe that's there's where lots. Yeah. That's there's weird. lots. No, my mom's still getting through Fifty Shades. She hasn't done Outlander yet. Okay. Um, she's only, I don't know. She's I just, only thirty shades. Yeah, through. <laughs> Outlander is basically she can still leave with some shame for menopausal women. Oh wow. Yeah. So, my mom's been ranting and raving about Yellowstone on Prime. That's what Kevin Costner. That's what Kevin Costner. Luke Grimes. Um, well, Kevin Costner is always a home run if there's horses in there. Which yeah. is, Except for the movie. We were talking about this because you were like, yeah, in the postman. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about this outside of rumors. Yeah. So uh, it's fucking. Okay. So it's Tyler Sheridan. So uh, Sons of Anarchy for anybody out there. Okay. I like I like Sons of Anarchy. Even if you were like getting a little fed up with Jax and, you know, not being able to make up a decision. It was a great show. Right. Mm -hmm. It exposed you to motorcycle culture. Maybe if you didn't know anything about it. Kim Coates, Canadian. Right. Tig, the guy who's perverted, wants to fuck everything. Remember that guy? Mm -hmm. Um and like, uh, what's his face who played Ron Perlman? Is like, like there's just it was it was fun. So, I will say that because I've watched Sons so many times, he's taken the same spec of how Sons was done, and he's applied it to ranching and farming and land ownership, 
and indigenous rights and and horses and, and pick, horses uh, and, and pickups instead of Harleys. Yeah, every it's it's like the horses of the Harleys. Um, the same dynamic is there. A broken family trying to get. Is there brothels? There's no brothels. There's no porn is Jimmy, stars. Is Jimmy Smith's in it? Jimmy Smith's. I'm <laughs> out. Is it a town of a thousand people that has eight bike gangs? It, it takes place in. <laughs> yeah, takes, I would move out of Charming if I was some anybody. Like, why do you live yeah, in this town? But, but Stockton's. But Stockton's. <laughs> right. But Stockton's right there. Because you can always get your car fixed. <laughs> so. And uh, there's always a strip club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no reason to leave. And but, lots of heroin. <laughs> Drug Did trafficking, you, arms Banshee trafficking. would be another show that's very similar to that. Too. Okay, I've, and I've also heard about that. Which, yeah. Sorry, which show? Banshee. Banshee on HBO? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what? Oh, okay. I know the, the Banshee, the twist, uh, the bad guys in it are like Amish gangsters. <laughs> which is really kind of an interesting twist. Thanks for ruining it for me. <laughs> no, I like to see an Amish gangster. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm actually, not, I'm not gonna they twist it. in, like, you know how you're talking about, like, the indigenous culture in this one? Okay. Yeah. In that one, it's like, a twist around like an Amish town and the big bad guy big in it guy. is actually like, fr- and so it's a, a play between does, the does traditional Amish. Raise a barn on one day. Yeah. So no, raise another. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's a weird idea, but it worked. Te- do they use technology? Uh, he does, which is sort of his balance between Whoa. getting shunned from his family, but he's a businessman. And, uh, anyway, so it's, um, absolutely fucking fantastic kevin costner's executive producer so there's a lot of there's a lot of experience there with the big movies that he's made and do, and do they spend extra money to cgi and more hair i think he just went and bought some because he's looking full as a person who's losing Perfect. i noticed that first the, te- like, the ted danson uh <laughs> yes yeah very full and lush and but like so he's john dutton and he owns Yellowstone Ranch, and they're in there. It's straight up cowboy and man. Like, we're talking chaps, roping, cowboys living in a bunkhouse, eating Bass chili. Chaps. They, well, no jeans, but I mean, you probably, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's this, it's this drama. It's the Shakespearean drama that unfolds over in Montana. He's the biggest landowner in Montana, in, in the history of America, actually. Mm. And so the governor's going after him. This land developer's going after something him. Something rotten in Denmark? Something's rotten in Montana, that's for sure. Perfect. Uh, it's it's got those what the fuck moments like sons did like when when what when Peggy from Married with Children um gets Katie raped Katie Seagal Katie Seagal thank you when she gets beaten and raped by Henry Rollins yeah. and you're just like whoa or when I don't know spoiler alert everybody if you haven't seen Sons like when they oh God, kill when Opie gets killed when Opie <laughs> gets killed like these okay so these moments are happening in season one. And they're happening in the first three episodes. How about uh-huh. when they burn off that guy's tat- son's tattoo? Oh, yeah. Or when they burn Tig's wife or daughter? Oh, that's uh, right. Okay, I forgot, I forgot about, about that. that. Like, and so this is constantly happening, but in, just in a different world. And there's one son, Wes Bentley from American Beauty, guy filming the bag. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he plays the lawyer. He's got a daughter. Um, she was uh, um, um, Watson's wife. In I this, prefer in to the... refer to him as the doctor that dies on the shallow water world in Interstellar. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and there's a daughter who's an alcoholic and a drug addict, and she's just causing trouble. Cole, ha- uh, Cole Hauser's in it. I don't know if you guys remember Cole Hauser, big redhead from Fast and the Furious. Uh, he was the guy who – he was the redhead and dazed and confused with the other paddle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole Hauser, so yeah, he yeah. plays like the ranch hand, mm-hmm. and he fighting, fucking roping, cowboying, horse riding, cattle sales, the whole nine. So it's fucking amazing. It's Tyler Sheridan, who's executive VP, writer and director. It's his baby. Does whatever the fuck he wants. How many with seasons it. of it? Three. Nice. Which streaming service? Prime. 
and the backdrop. Can guys, Prime improve their interface for me, please? Yeah, I'd like that too. There, I read an article recently that they're so packed with content now that it's unmet. Like it's it's you're in you're in Netflix territory, which is just too heavy, right? The waters are too deep. You can't find what you want anymore. It's just content on content on content. Which it, it's just it's just it's just a clunky. It's a clunky interface. It is, and it's as clunky and shitty as Amazon's shopping pages are. <laughs> Everything is clunky and shitty from Amazon. Like at Amazon some point. sucks. Jeff Bezos, stop making dick rockets and make your fucking shit better. <laughs> And, it, uh, and if you fuck up, if you fuck up Wheel of Time, so help me God. They won't. That's these. They're advertising that too much. Long story short, if you're a fan of horses in the country in Montana, and drama and suspense, like the, the there's the last episode I watched, um, a bunch of Asian tourists were coming through Montana to just experience the you know American beauty. And there's a Kodiak bear that comes out of the woods. And they're just taking selfies, <laughs> and and Costner gets out of his truck and he's in a tuxedo going to an event he's like get the fuck out of here and he just takes his shotgun out starts shooting in the air bear comes back in another scene it ran two of these asian tourists off a cliff cole hauser's character comes up on them finds them he's like trying to rope them up with his rope bear comes out of nowhere again (laughs) he drops the two off the side of the cliff they fall you see it bear comes charging at him pulls his gun out shoots the bear in the face then gets fined by fish and game because it's endangered species then wolves come and attack the bear so that he doesn't have to pay for the fine like you're on a fucking ride Literally, it's like riding a horse at break yeah, speed. Yeah, I was into it, but then he shot the bear instead of fighting it bare knuckles. Yeah, so. I mean, okay, sure, <laughs> fine, fair enough. Then he goes nine rounds with the bear. Hey, yeah, hey, come here, say. And then Get a knuckle sandwich. I will say this: I don't want to spoil it because I don't think either of you have seen it yet. I have not seen it, so don't ruin anything for me. You already ruined the bear scene. <laughs> What are you? What are you gonna ruin? I'm not gonna ruin it. I'm just Don't gonna tell you. Ruiner. I'm gonna tell you. I'll go back to the theater with you guys. If you want to see it? Suicide Squad's the shit. I heard it's good. It's, oh, a, it's the I, absolute I, shit. I've heard it. I heard it's good. It's 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 the mind of James Gunn. So kick ass. If you like kick ass, I like kick ass. They've made this very kick ass. And the John Cena Idris Elba exchanges, Mark, you're gonna love them. Like oh. it's it's got that Hobbs and Shaw feel, but dark, perverted, and over the top. Perfect. There are some things that, like the blood, so the guts. Rounds? No, but there is a lot of uh, male um, aggression that comes out in the form of guns and bullets. Okay. And Idris Elba's fantastic. John Cena's uh, costume looks ridiculous. John Cena's ridiculous in it. He comes out in his underwear in one scene. It's so funny. So um, is this going to be like the ensemble cast movie that saves the DC universe, really? Like It might. And, 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 for a small blip and then they're going to make three shit <laughs> there it is there and it everyone's going to be back fuck around. this and then they're going to come back and then they're going to have a good one and it's going to have a shitty opening weekend but then a, a bunch of people are like whoa this is really fucking good and then it'll finish strong and then they'll and then everyone will be into DC again and then they'll release four shitty movies yeah they, they have to quit, cycle. quit doing movies about one character and I think they need to do the ensemble things they need to do groups they need to like like Suicide Squad or or Anything like that? I'm trying to and think stop of other having, groups. From... But, but stop having directors that get into trouble and just let Snyder do it all. No, I don't. Un- I mean, okay, fine. Or pilfer yeah. for some of the the MCU directors. <laughs> yeah, you got more money. Well, actually, no, you don't. You don't have Disney on your back. But let's see what Warner Favreau can do in the DC universe. Big, bro. I'm not saying Warner's isn't. It's a fucking legacy studio. But like, yeah. you, at this point. Actors are suing studios enough for not making money. I don't think anybody wants to muddy the waters. No, with... they no. Well, I mean, 
I gr- hey, if you want to talk about ScarJo for a sec, I think she totally deserves it. She was promised a thing. She didn't get a thing. So she sued the thing. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I bet um, you she doesn't care. It's her manager. You know, it's it it's is. all the people. It's all the people who who um, have the chance to gain off of this. It's How not How great her. is the movie The Island? It's so. That's one of Michael Bay's most like underrated, unsung, un- underrated movies. Such an underrated movie. Sorry, I, I, I don't know why I went there. It just popped in my head. Uh, well, ScarJo, <laughs> I get why you went there. Uh, but to finish up on um, and fucking Obi Wan. <laughs> to finish up, that's going to be such a good series. But to finish up on on Suicide Squad, it's everything. That, it's just like Justice League. It's like, yeah, okay, David. Which version of Justice League? The second version. The Thank the you. one made not by a piece of shit. It it just has that it it it, it vibes it flows it's well it's fun. because they didn't have Will Smith in it. it you know what it, <laughs> did you like Birds of Prey I, I love Birds, Birds of Prey, of Prey. I didn't I watch it Birds of Prey was yeah. good was too. it good yes yeah, I, I didn't want to I the, I've been so stung by these DC movies that I I'm get like, it I'm a little skeptical but Harley Harley is Adam Beach in it. No, <laughs> he's not even in the first Justice League. If you really want to get well, he, get was, he was in the first Suicide Squad for like. Sorry, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, what, ten seconds. Yeah. yeah, he was the first person to die. He walked down the street and then he died. I wonder if he pissed somebody off like he was going to be a major character. How much residual <laughs> do you think he gets? Not. I bet you he gets these like fat. Adam, come on the show. Tell us about it. For yeah, like twelve mi- for like twelve minutes in a movie. I bet you it's like it's 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 more ridiculous than we think. You know what? Yeah, it's got to be. To him, it's probably not. But to us, it's like, wh- how do you do nothing and get that? Yeah. How does that transfer? Yeah. I don't know. Go. I'll go see Suicide Squad with either of you. I mean, you it's probably go. not as good as, is it Wind Talkers that he's in? Yes, it's Wind Talkers. Yeah. That's a in. fucking good movie. It's a great, it was a great idea for a movie to tell that story. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like use Navajo language for yeah. codes. Like yeah. fuck well, you. That was a real Nick, thing. Nick, yeah, Nick, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, it's Nick a great. Kate, Nick, and Nick Cage is good in that movie. Nick Cage is good in everything. <laughs> Nick Cage just, is good ask, just ask Nick Cage. Yeah, just, that's, I'm just going to the source. He just told me he's good in everything. So, um, but yeah, no. It, it, is it that del- before or after he had to sell his comic book collection? <laughs> it was before. The man had the world's greatest comic book collection. Had to sell it. Fuck. That's because he believed everybody who had a thing to sell him. That's what happens. They well, just get, because and then he tried like, to drink himself to death. In he Vegas. bought like he bought like six <laughs> oh, castles. He's like, I need not one castle, but six. Can you imagine being his kids. Like I think he's got a son, or two sons maybe. I don't know. I know he's got one son. For I think sure. he's got an older son that's grown up, and I think he's got one that's probably like around twelve or something. I think they should cast him in the reboot of uh, um, Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Yes, <laughs> in the MCU of everything. Do you know what? Here's here's the thing. Okay, he was good. So, fir- he was good in the first Ghost Rider. The movie just sucked. I'm gonna watch Pig probably early next week, and oh, Ghost Caster Troy. Caster oh, Troy. Woo. Um, there's the new one, Ghosts in the Sorry. Prisoner. Pr- Ghosts in the Wonderland. Go. It, we should watch the trailer. Um, it's abs- It's one of the craziest things. It's the same guys who did. Oh, uh, dude, I, that's the one, that's the trailer that I shared on the WhatsApp. Yes, chat, right? that's the oh, one. It looks fucking ridiculous. It's fucking it looks it's, so good. Do you want to see it, Mark? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. So, um, all in all, Suicide Squad's fucking awesome. Yellowstone is the shit. If you want to sink your teeth into something, Amazon it's the, Prime and it's the all best that jazz. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Since Dances Water World. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, I like Game Day. I like where he played a football GM. That was that was fun. Where he and um uh what's his face? Black Panther was in it. Um his best baseball movie since Bull Durham. Who, who is in that? In Game Day? Yeah. Uh who's in Game Day? Um uh what's Who from Black Panther? Uh, oh like T'Challa. Uh wait, oh gosh. Now I can't think of his name. I watched him today. Bo uh this is embarrassing. We're horrible. Bone. Hate us in the bo, comments. Bo 
Bo? I, 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 Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Thank you. Oh, you, Bo, he you had it there. You got it. You, I, you pushed I, me I, on. I'm just, I'm like brain farting so hard today. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, it's like Boseman. I'm a six cylinder and I only one and a half are running. It's like your little bumblebee. <laughs> I am little bumblebee today. I'm not my usual witty self. All right, cool. Well, we're at the uh, we're at the halfway mark. So, Mark, can you mark uh, down the time, please? Because I can edit this shit out. Mark 55. 55 minutes. For I don't think we're going to get through all three questions. We're not. We're going to go another hour, and that'll be that. So which 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 questions are we going to talk about? Um. All right. So what can do you we, want? Can what we do? What do you want? What do you want to do? We got three. We got documentary. We got long take, and we've got uh, book you book you read in English class that ended up being a great movie. So where do you want to start? No, I thought the I thought the uh, no I thought the last question was. Characters that just keep repeating themselves. That's over and over. A, that. That was a hot take that we could do as well too. So you want to start there because that that one is how many times are we going to be able to? FYI, my writing looks like a three year old's. It does. That's yeah. fine. Um. So, cool. All right. Like all this will be. Um. Do you want to do that first? No, let's do something fun. Just throw it out. Okay. Let's try to cool. keep it. Uh, keep it moving. I, fast. I I would like to do Quick the. Uh, I'd like to do the live action continuous shot. Sure. And okay. I already called Children of Men. Yeah. And I called, uh, well, Children Men's my runner-up because I can't not put it on a list, but mm-hmm. I took um, I took Birdman. Ooh. I like Birdman, yeah. I mean, Birdman, That's okay. a fake continuous shot, though. All right, cool. Well, yeah, we'll get to that because I got some notes on that. So, anyways. So How do you know the other ones are real? Were you there? Uh, because there's literally a scene where the fake blood is on the fucking lens of the camera, and they don't bother wiping it. It just, it just plays for another four minutes with the blood on the camera. Yeah. That's how you know that shit's real. They built a special driver's. Anyways, okay, all right, three, two, one. All right, so let's start with uh, let's start with the best long take. Yeah. Now let's start just by pref- let's start by opening this up here uh, for anybody who's new and doesn't know what a long take is. It is the longest continuous shot you can possibly do before you have an edit before you cut and then you switch to another camera angle or you switch to another roll of film, but it does not look like it ever fucking ended it. And nowadays, people can stretch their fucking knowledge and make it look like they did it when they didn't, but then sometimes you can tell when it is and when it isn't. So, uh, Rob, we'll start with you. What's out of out of all of them that was on that list? Like, which which one do you... So my, my, my number one, and this is one of my favorite movies, it's, uh, it's the scene of Children of Men near the tail end of the movie when they're in the refugee camp. Oh, it's that one. Yes. Oh. Yes. Go on, go on. The long one where he's like he's he's dodging through and the army's coming in and there's and then the tank rolls in and stuff like that. And then there's a scene where somebody gets shot beside him and there's fake blood that sprays on the lens of the actual camera. And the and you know that it's one continuous shot because for another two or three minutes those speckles of blood stay there until they cut to the new scene, and it's just so great. And it's basically show it's it's almost like they're behind Clive Owen the whole time going through as he dodges in and out of it's, different it's, things. It's a third person perspective Correct. in a first person shot almost. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So it gives you the shaky and, and, and the and the thing that I love about it is that it is a true single take. Yeah. It's not these designed to look like a single take but we actually fused multiple takes together to give you that feel similar to what the entire movie of 1918 is i love the look and the feel of that movie but we know that it's impossible to do a two-hour continuous take it is and like they they took advantage of the lighting when they changed out where they're like okay here's where we can cut no one will ever fucking question absolutely 
And I mean, the fact that, you know, they prop and the amount of explosions and destruction that happens in Children of Men, you didn't have more than one chance to do the take on this. So they probably did dozens and dozens of dry runs through it and, and rehearsals and the, the precision of the of the timing of all the extras and all the different actors that were on that scene is 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 so amazing and commendable that that was able to come together the way it did. And honestly, I guarantee like where the that little bit of speckled of fake blood happened near the tail end of it. They were probably the director was probably or the you know, the, or the DP was probably like, fuck. But they were just like, fuck it. We're leaving it in. We're we don't have enough money to do this again. Well, no, the, but they but also they could have removed that in post with CGI. Yeah, you can. But they said, fuck it. We are going to stay true to the art form and have the longest true continuous scene in in a film that does not incorporate any CGI. Because the movie Gravity, which was his follow-up, yep, yep. was his follow-up, has a longer continuous cut, but it has CGI in it. So I don't consider it on the same level. I agree right? with you because as soon because as because it's it's incorporating green screen, yeah, right, which allows you to have, hide, have a little bit more flexibility and hide some inconsistencies in the shot. Whereas Children of Men was a live action scene with you know with you know explosives and mo- like. Like there's there's easily a hundred extras in all of those scenes, right? There's a fucking tank that rolls in, and there's like gunfire, and it's intense, and it's and it elicits like so much emotion and stuff like that. Your hands sweat during that fucking scene because the other thing is he's in fucking oh no he's not in bare feet at that point because he's got he finally gets sneakers. Yeah, no, yeah. because he he left. That's right. He left with her when they yeah. left that refuge when that yeah yeah, that, yeah when yeah. they're going down that fuck that hill shot. You know what? That's not the one that comes to mind for me. You, but were, now, think, you were thinking about the scene where they're driving in the up car, yeah, and, with the and, ping pong balls, and, yeah. and when they, and yeah. that's a fairly long shot too, but it's not on the same scale as it's, the other. No, one. you're right. It's totally when yeah. I remember them now that you bring yeah. them back. I'm like running down that hill, pushing the car. That's and everything. a great movie for really eliciting a lot of emotional angst. Yeah, and I think they they incorporate the music and the soundtrack so well to really show the despair, and they put that gray filter on almost the entire movie. But that one scene in the car. Where they're doing the ping pong ball, it's it's the brightest scene in the entire movie. It is. It's very and, and it's, they, it's very bright, and all of a sudden there's a lot of colors, and and in it she fucking gets fucking shot in the fucking neck. Yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like this was supposed to be the happy moment, and it's like, and you're just like, oh my god, Julianne Moore's character is going to die, and she dies, and it's then it's and then an it's and then it goes ride. even more gray after that. They built a. I was reading about it today. They built like a, a gimbal that would. They would turn based mm-hmm. on whose line it was, yeah. to be able to keep. So it was built into the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. So it, you never, you were never out of the car. You were only, mm-hmm. and you had five perspectives of people yeah. in the car. Oh, every, that's pretty cool. So like, you'd be the driver for a minute, then you'd be the passenger, then you'd be trying to help, watching them help Julian more. Then you would, like, you'd be the, the crying nurse and and the pregnant girl, and then you're Clive Owen, and and you're you're just going you're going through the ride with them. It was. I have not seen the movie, so. Put Children of Men on your list. It's okay. one of those great dystopian future movies. Uh, you know? Do you know the premise at all? Uh, no, I'm fine though. Okay, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> Humans can't have babies. Pretty much that. That's perfect. It. Um, and basically, the last the last child went in the in the date of it. The youngest person in the world who's 18 years old dies. Okay. So no, there's been no new children born for 18 years, and basically the whole world is slowly collapsed. And England has become kind of like the bat- last bastion of true civilization. Yeah, perfect. It'll uh, it'll take you for a ride for sure. 
I add it to the list. I picked. Um, it's also got like an anti-immigration commentary yeah, it in does. it. Yeah. Um, if you've watched, uh, the other thing is uh, the the, the uh, sergeant at the end, who's like a total psychopath. He's the uh, the same guy that plays in uh, Ozarks. Uh, the um, you know the couple that grows the opium. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. The 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 uh, the patriarch guy. Yeah. He's he's in there. But with his actual British accent, which is kind of kind of throws right, me for a he loop because yeah, he's because yeah. he's actually not American. Anyway, it's it Children Men is so fantastic, and it actually has arguably two of the best long shots in the in, like in in cinematic history. I will check it out. It's yeah. a, it's a flex for sure. I picked uh, Birdman, and it's nowhere near as intense as most long shots because long shots are usually and it's about, also not tr- it's not a true long shot. It, it is not a true long it's shot. It's adulterated slightly, but same director. Same. Uh, no, different director. Oh, Alejandro Inarritu. Sorry, yeah. I'm totally. That's okay. No, no, no. I yeah, think yeah. it's the same. I think it's the same cinematographer, though. Oh, I think that might be what it, what it is. That's what it is. Okay. So, uh, but it's 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 the shot throughout the theater, throughout the theater. When com- he's going through the backstage, when he's and up going, the stairs, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and he's going. losing his mind. He's got his trench coat on, yeah. and he's just trying to get away from everything. And what I love about it is that. Most long takes, like the one in Revenant, for example, we're trying to watch the the, the natives uh, kill the trappers, right? Indigenous. Thank you. Um, and so you you're watching all of this action happen. It's designed to incorporate a lot, but this is little bits of things that, as you mentioned before, have to be timed so right. So you've got like six or eight, I think, groups of things that are happening mm-hmm. that are happening on, okay, go, all right, now, all right, here. Like, And if you fuck it up, like, mm-hmm. you just don't have the window or the fucking budget because this is, this, this is the thing is that this is where director's like, I'm going to fucking flex for you, right, and, mm-hmm. and show what I really can do if you're allowed to have a budget and have those days. And, and I imagine arguing this kind of shit's not easy, but I think it's just the fact that it is so natural in mm-hmm. its form well edited, but a natural progression of what somebody's going through. You're watching him lose his mind, and as he's walking by people, nobody give a fuck. Gets in his argument with Edward Norton. The the thing that happened, like, and then the thing happens underneath the sheets with Edward Norton and Naomi Watts, where he gets a real boner. Like, all of this is happening, and it, you forget that we haven't broke yet. So yeah. you you go on this journey with this guy, and it really brought me into how Keaton was experiencing being inadequate being not known being mm-hmm. being you know not having a facebook page and trying to stay relevant and that style of filming i think really drew attention to them to the movie it does right it changed cinematography there. like you you can't watch birdman without it now like can you imagine if it was done in cuts and stuff it just wouldn't be the same no and, I, and it's also a play a theater and yeah. and to showcase the idea that in theater you're capturing as much reality as possible that's being shown to you through the shot that all of this reality is happening in a natural progression. And so it's kind of like the color scene in Children of Men, right? Where mm-hmm. we're showing a thing with the colors about how the scene is happening. We're using this walkthrough to give you an idea of how inconsiderate these people are and don't give a shit about them. So, yeah, I'll agree with you. I think from a visual perspective, it's very astounding. Yeah. But from a technical perspective, yep. I, I still don't think it's on par with the with that final long take they, in Children of Men, mostly just because if they didn't get the first one right, they could restart the whole thing and redo it. Whereas with the Children of Men, they literally... Yeah, they kept it. They, they proved they, to well, you. They, ha- they, they, they had elements in there that could only be done once. But does it have to be complex to be good? 
I think I think from a technical perspective, I think it's an uh, it's a it's a call out to the complexity is what truly makes it awe inspiring. I think, okay. and it's also and it's also just an emotionally angst scene as well. But See, I get I, where you're there's from. a lot of simple I get one it. takes that uh, that lock in our memory, mm-hmm. right? From movies that the one that I would uh, kind of pick as mine is right off your wall. A young Danny Torrance riding his tricycle through the uh, the kitchen, the main hall of the Overlook, into the hallways. That's a good call. That's a deep cut, hallway, man. Right? Yeah, there is not an e- there's there's maybe the hallway, the kitchen don't have edits. I think it edits when he gets to the wide shot when he's in the. It follows. It's a steady cam. If I look, check you did? it out. It's you a did? steady cam shot that oh starts God. in the kitchen and it follows him out into the main hall or whatever it is where jack's doing his writing later on in it so was through it through there and- into the hallways through the hallways and it's it, like the view from behind him riding so the was, was the was the cameraman wearing a harness yeah it was one of the apparently that one of the first, first major steady cam shots oh like the That's gimbal cool. where like you yeah. can hold and following him through it so it's a pretty it was probably simple the, scene yeah. but pretty cool for that it is because it's it's expressing point of view and then you see what danny sees when he sees it yeah 100 percent. great grab <laughs> no that's like that's a deep cut man because like i was looking at these lists and i'm like okay yeah the usual suspects what do you think it's interesting that you have cream? the him on a tricycle right on your wall yeah i i <laughs> i didn't even think of that one good call my friend yeah no it's fucking yeah. mark over here in left field just making sure everybody knows he's there simple yet okay. clearly it's a scene that stands out to so many people well wow. and you do mention the fact that it, so it's kubrick like the shot where jack has got his head up against the door and he's locked in the cellar like kubrick was notorious for like let's make this really weird like nobody's down here like when jack's looking down nobody's looking up at jack right and so, i don't like the movie that much no but yeah. that scene was pretty cool was it was it the three of us that were talking about the alternative fan perspective that in actuality it was was wendy going crazy was it you brought that up yeah Yeah. i started reading into it i've been actually i've been (laughs) that's been popping in my head on a regular basis and i really need to rewatch the movie and look at it from that perspective so i think it's gonna blow my mind there's somebody that has picked it apart in a youtube video okay and they'll actually show you like difference in scenes through the eyes of wendy and through the eyes of jack and how certain things are missing and their interpretation of why they're missing. Have you read the book? Like, have you read Stephen King's novel? Uh, I've got a lot. Like, Chrissy, she loves it. She absolutely loves the book. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she doesn't like the movies that much. But, well, we like Doctor Sleep. The, the second part I was better. But, that. yeah, she loves the book. She's a huge Stephen King, like, fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fandom. But, yes. But, yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was kind of fascinating. We just don't think that it made us care enough about Jack. That was my big complaint, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, I don't yeah. care enough about Jack to care that he's like I you never really show him caring about his family. Well, he they, seems they like a prick right from the beginning. Yeah, they don't really or show his descent. And in the book, you really start to you like but, Jack. But you know what? Maybe that speaks to the stories actually be to- being told from Wendy's perspective. Maybe, right? And that's the way she perceives that Jack's the a whole fucking time. dick and she's scared <laughs> of him. I I get it. Like Fuck when you flip the script on it. No! <laughs> Go down the rabbit hole is pretty cool. Um did you mention that that was from Room 237? Did I miss that? No. Okay. Have you guys heard of Room 237? Yes. So that's the other rabbit hole where they try where where scholars and big heads and thinkers try to figure out what Kubrick was trying to say in The Shining, and it's about the loss of uh, indigenous land and uh, there's there's three main themes that are in The Shining that when they point them out, you're like, "Okay, sure." But it actually has an ar- it has a good argument. 
So you think that Stubert, sorry, Stubrick. Kubrick's trying to weave into King's story? Very cultural, topical ideas at the time that are so nuanced that an eye, like you have to, you have to walk in and look at it with that in mind. You'd never notice it if you were just watching it, but they, they show shots and how they form, and then how there's certain things in the background that might be him talking to you, and he was just using The Shining as a as a cover. Right, like a, what was the name of the uh, chef? The what's that actor's name? Is oh, Luke, Scat, Scat, Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. That's it. <laughs> Hello, Danny. You want some ice cream? Hello, and, Doc. And the same thing in the in <laughs> no. the book. Doc, how'd you know? Th- how'd how'd you, you know we called him Doc? Oh, you must have said that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Doc, you got it too. We've been um, touched. They call it the Shining. Um, we call it in the, the, in we the call the, it the Shining. Don't you mean the Shining? <laughs> you don't want us to get sued. <laughs> That was pretty funny. But Chrissy said in that too, he, like, Doc, in the movie, it's just sort of they're they're in trouble and he shows up and he heads out and drives out to the Overlook to help, right? Mm -hmm. In the book, Danny actually, like, calls for help using The Shining or his that ability to call for doc and he's like in another city and he feels that impulsion that he has to go help Danny. So Mm. there's the connection there that you don't get in the movie. No, you don't because it just looks like some chef who randomly has the same problem as a child is there. There's no, but then in like Dr. Sleep, you get the connection between an older Danny Torrance and the young girl. So that's the connection that apparently they were supposed to have, like they have in the book between Danny Torrance and doc, but you didn't get it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll never live that We down. always talk, because Stephen King said it's a great book and he hates the movie because he says it's a big, shiny Cadillac with no engine. The movie probably could have been an extra 20 minutes long. I think they needed... I, my biggest complaint about any movie, it seems, is when something bad happens to the protagonist and I don't care about that thing happening to the protagonist because they didn't establish... That's exposition. That I should give a shit, right? Exposition is why you would like this character. What's this character's background? What? How it do we get It happened for here? me at the how beginning of, of Breaking Bad. I didn't give a shit about him enough mm-hmm. to care that he was dying of cancer. But if you made me like him first, and then he got the diagnosis, then I would care. So they had to sort of backtrack on that one. I think this happened in that I movie. I liked him because I felt sorry for him because he drove a Pontiac as <laughs> That thing could turn into a tent. I remember that. That was its selling feature. Yeah, you could buy that uh, the that, camping package. The camping package. That's that was an his, ugly vehicle. That, that, <laughs> hey, we're gonna try no, to sell you. No, it's not as ugly as a PT cruiser. <laughs> no, oh, that good lord, bad. trying to yeah, trying to bring back the fifties and just botching the fuck out of it. Or Chevy's version of it that was like the H H H R H H R, which basically like became a, a delivery vehicle, a delivery truck. Yeah. Yeah. Do like before we put the the long take to bed. Do you guys think it's overrated or do you like it when you see it? Like, is it the long take? The long take. Love it. Yeah. It stands out. It Love does. It. And Love whether it. you know it or not that it's a long take, I think the way that it's done sticks in our memory. Yes. Because that's what made like to, real or not. That's what made the Birdman stand out to me was that that big long take. It that scene from The Shining. Everybody can picture little Danny riding through the hallway. And right, then, and then hearing the different sounds of the wheels as it goes right from the, goes carpet, the carpet to the heart, to the heart exactly. You know, and it's very distinctive. Yeah, it's such a simple scene, but it sticks in your mind, right? And I think the type of shot is what helps that stick. It does, and it what I the edit is always I think the thing that you lose if it, if if the editor doesn't know when we've had enough as a viewer and we need to move on in the story, 
and it's chopped it the wrong way or they didn't have enough cameras and they obviously in the budget you're lost or like they can do the proper retake and yeah. they had to make it work like you you really can just go dunk, like that's why power down. That, that's why editing is a fucking oscar yeah that's because you've got it can make or break a movie you've got cadillac trunks full of fucking film and now you gotta be like all right how do we make this why shit do make think, sense? why do you think director's cuts is a thing it's well, funny yeah, there was also when i was reading up on the the shining scene the it was like interesting facts about the shining and it also holds like the record for the most takes of one scene more than david fincher with like a hundred and yeah the act scene on the stairs with wendy is like 127 takes of that scene that's a lot of and that's film. what they ended up with. but isn't that's because <laughs> the it, weakest wielding of the <laughs> well i i heard I love to see those outtakes i heard that they were using a fireman's axe uh-huh. And they were breaking too much at first. So Kubrick was like, I want a certain amount broken in a certain amount of swings. So they had to somehow modify the axe to make it so that when they broke it, it didn't break all the way through on the oh, first Oh, no, I'm pass. talking about the one where she's backing up on the staircase. And oh, he's following okay. And she's swinging. That, that one. <laughs> that's apparently, that's the one I think they're talking about. How do you do 120 takes of that shit? As that's probably know. 120 takes with film. <laughs> yeah. But I guarantee David Fincher has done like 300 fucking takes on digital. He heard about that and was like, I'm going to fucking out uh, I will outdo Kubrick. <laughs> I'll show you. I, yeah, I think it, I think it's a thing where like, okay, if you know how to do it well, do it. But it can fall hard. Like if you're yeah. trying, if because you're standing out there as a as a filmmaker, as an editor, as a DP, all three of you are like, look what we can do, bitches. And then if it goes awry, we see it. It's done. Moving on. Um, what do you want to do? You want to do documentary? Documentary that blew your hair back? Yeah, we can. We don't have to go like super deep dive. No, into we don't. It, no, no, this sure. is this is a, this is a Spitfire round, ladies Doc, and gentlemen. It's a documentary that we love and it blew our minds. What's the first documentary? The that, doc that changed your life. The doc that changed your life. What's the doc that started making you give a shit about? What <laughs> I was know going Rob has a you. lot of these because yeah, we I, regularly are victims of Rob's latest documentary. That's what's well, they're kind of, fucking awesome. That's cows are gonna kill the planet. <laughs> well, I've known that. We've known that for a long time. Harp, uh, harp, <laughs> weather controlled storms. Fuck China. It's cows that we need to worry about. It's actually both. <laughs> Chinese um, cows. So mine <laughs> hey, is... Hey, that's good meat, man. Oh, it's Japanese cow. Never mind. Yeah, that's Wagyu, motherfucker. That's <laughs> so racist, uh, So mine is Zeitgeist. There it is. I was hoping this would come up. That's a fucking eye-opener. That... I haven't seen it. So... Uh, Premise uh, the blind. So there's there's three different Zeitgeist um, documentaries, but the first one is definitely, I think, the one that resonates strongest with me. Zeitgeist, addendum, moving forward. Correct. And in there's basically essentially kind of three parts to it. So the first one really talks about religion and how all religions are basically just adopted from one another and how there's so many similarities between the Judeo-Christian perspective and you know, uh, Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptian mythology and it ties, and ties a lot of that kind of stuff together. The next part is just about general control and the monetary system and those types of things. And then the final part is essentially tying in a little bit to the documentary Loose Change, which is about 9-11 and yeah, basically talking about how shit on 9-11, you know, we've got the official story, but it don't fucking make sense. Yeah, the shit's And it doesn't to say. correlate to what eyewitnesses said. Doesn't correlate to fucking <laughs> science. Where's all the fucking video evidence that disappeared and we've never seen? I was also like in my early twenties when all that shit happened, and a lot of the a lot of the, the narrative that people remember is not what I remember fucking seeing on television. At least at the beginning, 
I remember Dan Rather basically saying, or maybe it was Peter Jennings saying, oh, as the building collapsed, it looks like controlled demolition coming out of the building. It does. Because it, it was, right? <laughs> like, it's just, you know, and so. Loose Change, There's the story behind is pretty interesting because mm-hmm. it was a very small film that w- it was one of the first things that ever went like viral. Mm-hmm. And it just exploded, and yeah. I've actually uh, seen an interview with uh, with the guy that did it. Yeah, he, he did a shit ton of research. Like that wasn't lightly put together. Like he he went and interviewed the flight instructor of a of a of of uh, who who trained one of the guys that supposedly flew the fucking plane into the Pentagon, and he was like, "This guy could hardly drive us fly a Cessna." <laughs> Let alone fly a 757, yeah. do well, this corkscrew maneuver, and it, <laughs> yeah, into it, it somehow it, like into into the Pentagon, and then but the whole plane evaporated. It the fire was so hot that the plane literally disintegrated, including the Rolls Royce engines made out of titanium. But we were able to find enough DNA evidence. From this super hot fire that destroyed an entire plane to identify all the people that died in the crash. Like, it's just, there's too much stuff that doesn't make sense. All comes razor, man. If it, yeah. The simplest answer is always the right one. It totally is. You know, and, and for you to sit there it's, it's and... Kinda, it's kind of like, oh, you mean, you mean COVID didn't potentially come from the bat coronavirus gain-of-function lab in Wuhan, no, no, it came from nature like a thousand kilometers away and then ended up in Wuhan at yeah. a wet market. Totally, that's the second one makes the most sense. Occam's razor. And John Stewart walked on to Colbert and did oh, that I whole know, bit about it, I and know. everybody was like, Yeah, oh, well, listen so to I, him. I'm, I'm a big fan of Zeitgeist, I think it's a great movie. Um, you know, are there maybe some inaccuracies in it? Absolutely, most documentaries, every documentary will, has one, will have a few of those, yeah. but well, it's a one sided version. I right? love the the feel i love the 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 intro i love the quotes i love how he ties all these different things together you know the second one does a deeper dive into monetary system into the monetary system and fractional reserve banking and all that kind of stuff and it's an eye-opener if you really want to understand some underlying principles on how on what our society is based on over typically really the last hundred years since woodrow wilson you know you know, basically solidified the you know Federal Reserve in the United States. Sure, let's all be in and, debt to a bank. You know, but it's cool. And then the third, and then the third one basically is more talking about here's some things we can do to change society for a brighter outlook as a civilization. How do we? Which stop I think is kind of climate cool. change. Well, that's a pretty all encompassing <laughs> documentary. It's uh, what do you think? Eight it's just hours casually in total? about the world, uh, money, no. political system. Uh, each it's, one's about each one's about two and a half hours, so I guess about seven and a half hours altogether. Okay, it's it, and they're all on YouTube still, I think, too. Yeah, they're free. Yeah, they don't uh, you can buy the series. Obviously, so, but. so I like this documentary so much. I'll tell you guys a story. Please, I purchased twenty DVDs of Zeitgeist. Okay, and I would just give them okay, up, and I would Cold just Hoffield. I would just give them to people, and I also bought Zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I bought Zeitgeist right in the trunk next to all my editions of Catcher in the Rye. No kidding. <laughs> I, 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 I made stickers up that for the URL, and I would put them in random bathrooms everywhere. Wow. Because <laughs> I thought everyone needed to see this shit. <laughs> anyway. No, I, to, I've, to tell you, Mark, if it, it, Don't it, look at me in disgust. You're no, amazed. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even mad. A whole wheel of cheese. <laughs> it, uh, it, 
it just go it softly suggests here's some other knowledge that isn't mainstream that yeah. it's not because it's not mainstream it's just maybe you know stored in a box somewhere that people are like you got to look for it i mean i went i i literally have a modern money mechanics printed out and sitting on my desk and once in a while I read it because I because I want to I want to realize how fucked up our banking system is and how it's just this giant house of cards that everyone thinks is just poof we just create money out of nothing they uh they really do and they, they also do uh financial hitmen in the second one mark where like mm. they talk about how the CIA the CIA so, will yeah, yeah. so if you want to topple a nation if you want to you know, do a coup d'etat, then this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And they interviewed a financial assassin who like the government would be like, listen, you guys in Venezuela, you and you want to export your own oil. We're not going to let that happen. <laughs> and then someone else will come in and softly suggest a little bit more. And then finally that guy will come in and be like, listen, I'm going to make you bankrupt overnight. And this is how we're going to do it. Or the other option is we, we go, Oh, you need a loan. The international monetary fund will lend you this money. Oh, yeah. you can't pay it back. Oh, we're going to, appropriate we we're, we're going to appropriate a bunch of shit like they did with like the water system in Bolivia. Yeah. yeah. And then the public mm. raised up and they were like, "Oh fuck," and they gave it back. Yeah. No, it's it, That's it, kind it, of what China's doing with the um with the uh, uh no, the uh what's rodent uh, uh something road initiative that they're doing right now where they they basically lend money especially to like, you know, they're doing it a lot in Africa where they lend money and then these countries can't afford to pay back the loans and they're like, all right, well we <laughs> own this shit. So they're basically taking a, a page out of the U.S.'s playbook on some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, it works. But the well. difference is, is that you're not giving up this to a democracy, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, but to like a hardcore authoritarian country where you've got a leader whose ego is basically like Mao and it's all about control. Yeah, no, it, it hmm. who it's, basically locked up Jack, Jack Mao for six months and then let him back out. And now yeah, it's basically r- reduced his net worth and, to like you know from like you know 30 billion dollars to two billion that's alibaba Jack De- Mao, right? yeah devalued alibaba and stuff like that there's some fucked up crazy shit happening in china right now what's uh what was your first holy shit the world's fucked documentary <laughs> mark you know what i couldn't think back to my first experience with that because i don't know that I cared so much about some of the things I saw docs well, about. I don't yeah. think it's about the first one. I think maybe it's the one that's uh, a significant standout for you. Sure, the, yeah, the yeah, one, yeah. That's a better the way. The one to say. relatively recently that totally caused me to to basically hunt down every piece of information I could nice. and search like uh, the guy that 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 was really responsible for it. I literally just searched anytime he was interviewed, <coughs> any podcast, any show. Nice. Oh, this um, is deep, deep dive. Is, yeah. Love it. Uh, social dilemma. Oh, it yeah, totally, that's, that's a good one. Like uh, Tristan. Yeah, yeah. Is like so fascinating, mm-hmm. and because I work in tech, and mm-hmm. and I I see that the the algorithms and how things feed in, and I just bought so it like I want I want multiple uh, 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 sequels to that, like the mm-hmm. the deeper dive, um, or the uh, almost almost maybe showcasing the evolution of it. A hundred percent, right? Like, because just I mean, the what is that, that? Three can... years old now? I, I probably three years. But think about how much has fucking changed in three years now. And and then it kind of takes it 19... you back because it was out three years ago. But then it even took you like a little bit further back with the 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 story of the indoctrination mm-hmm. part. Um, like kind of in the mid to late two thousands. Yeah, into the into the two thousand. Well, we all got suckered. And I just oh, found oh, it fascinating oh, 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 how you could take. Sorry somebody that's really and and you see it now more mm-hmm. than ever i think and it it's only becoming more and more relevant 
with all of these major issues in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like Social Dilemma came out before the pandemic, before the Black latest Lives Matter, before big George BLM Floyd, thing. Right. Exactly, yeah. right? But it was right at the beginning of Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're seeing the way that uh, all these other mm-hmm. major world COVID, like the way that it separated people and, mm-hmm. and how people change so much. And for all of it. I'm just fucking fascinated with it. And the whole idea behind they they realized they created this monster and this algorithm and the, the suggestions. Yeah. And then they sort of pulled out and now they've actually started like an ethical tech company to, to sort of counteract what they created it's almost like pandora's box but we're trying to put it everything back in the box we're like this it's is too fucking, late this is raiders of the lost ark shit man yeah, yeah man and we're and, all having our faces melted. and the people that are responsible are realizing they're responsible and they're like we have to do something yeah like it's just fucking fascinating because i've also lived it i've also played the the you know recommendation game and see how far down a hole i can get and it's unbelievable the sociology behind it is fascinating like when and, you're looking at i'm from scared a to try 100 and yeah. you test it, like, uh, if you have likes and then you watch, like, one video of something that's a completely different stream, then you'll see, like, the main page of, like, say, your YouTube. Well, it sort of will adapt to sort of wrap all your interests into one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I we watch, like, keep him like cooking video, this. cooking video, cooking video. Then I watch, like, a golf video. And next thing I know, there's fucking guys eating on a golf course. And I'm like, how do you, like, put all these fucking things oh, together? That's like, freaky. it's crazy scary so once in a while like Fuck try, you, AI. try watching something that's completely not something you'd normally watch and then see how it affects the choices that it gives you later it's fucking freaky i want to try the rabbit hole I think yeah it's, it's a, like a, your ongoing social experiment with yourself i had to like i had to do social dilemma in two bites because it just was too much it's heavy right like you I, I picked my phone up again and i was like i'm a slave and then what was the podcast that afterwards that I told you to... Oh, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, down the rabbit hole. Like, yeah. Speaking of down the rabbit which, hole, have the, you listened to that? Oh, no. listen so to that. So that kicked me into down the rabbit hole, which was fucking incredible. Yeah. It touched on everything from the full, like you said, the indoctrination of the from right side to left side to right side to left side. It talked all about PewDiePie and how he was, mm. uh, you know, became so big and then said a few wrong things and then he was basically attempted to get canceled yep. and that it was just fucking crazy. Next thing you know, he was a Nazi and right, it, it was unbelievable. It just shows you the power of social media right now. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, what was so great about it was they actually took a guy's YouTube history and watched his descent into indoctrination. So they mapped it. Mm-hmm. three-dimensionally tracked it and went mm-hmm. okay here we are at music videos and now we're over here in islamophobia mm-hmm. and you got to hear so they how told he... and they showed his life progression and then matched it up against his viewing and mm-hmm. it's you see he starts off as basically getting kind of pissed off and starts off sort of left he starts left wing he starts left wing like a left wing extreme and he starts going this way and then gets introduced to, to the right off. wing and yeah. he starts going further and further to the right wing and his life at that time mm-hmm. follows like it's unbelievable what he talks about and how yeah like drugs and and problems in life and anger and frustration like anxiety like all of the things that the beast puts out mm-hmm. right and, and he said he would watch youtube like religiously like eight hours a day you imagine how far you can get on that site and he would find like one person and he'd watch you know, 20 hours of their videos, like on some of these motivational speakers that are on one side or the other. Yeah, yeah. And 
it's just unbelievable the way he got twisted and turned and and completely for and it's sort of a chicken and the egg thing like <laughs> it, are these things turning him into this or you know or as he there? turns does or he search for those were things were these things and, always here and it's just it's almost like yeah. rotted out or it's connected the dots that were the, like the stuff was there but these videos connected the dots somehow Hyper -accelerated. On, it, on it in the back of his mind and then it almost comes out of his subconscious and then becomes yeah it's just a forethought fascinating like, yeah I... So that one just changed, blew my mind, and I'm still to this day like. That's why I'm terrified for my child. That like, <laughs> because I mean, because you know, we're we're at an age where we came into all this of a unique situation because we 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 straddle the analog world and the digital world about fifty fifty. It right? is nice. It's nice to know when like you're. We being almost have we in. have the grounding of doing a school project with an encyclopedia. Yeah, right. they kind of they call us like we're the kind of the micro generation, like the zennials or right? whatever. Yeah. yeah, we would still go to the library. Well, you're a millennial, fact Mike. But <laughs> fuck yeah. you both. Yeah, you're a fucking millennial. I'm fucking yeah, out here. you and your semantics. Hey, Mark, let's continue this conversation. Just the two of us. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, guys, we'll be right back. Do you remember typing class in school that didn't involve a computer? <laughs> go fuck yourself. Oh, so you didn't take a keyboarding class? No, I took a keyboarding class, but, did but you it was take on a, a typewriting fucking, class. No, it was I, a, I, in grade ten, my 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 typing class was on an actual keyboard. We had to put paper and go. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Ching. Oh yeah. Uh no, I did it on an Apple II. Nice. That's cool. yeah. And I then did, I did. I did and that then too. I played. Davis uh, Beacon teaches typing. Yes, exactly. I wrote Car my papers in my first year university on an electric typewriter. I'm fucking. I love You're fucking that. old. I, I mean, the hips. I registered for classes for U of M on the telephone, and I thought it was amazing because you could type out like a whole few sentences and then hit print, and then it would type it out for you. Like that was technology. Oh, I remember those. Oh, you have a little screen so you could actually yeah. make the corrections, and when it all looked good at the end of the. Sentence. Do you remember? You I've know what's heard so about cool these. about those typewriters is they had the the thing and like the circle, and it would just go. Have you ever seen a video of that in slow mo? Oh, it's pretty it's amazing. Like, I'd imagine. Pull that up. Like on one of yeah. those how it's made videos. Like, fuck. It just, it's fucking, type in slow-mo <laughs> typewriter cube or something like that. It'll probably come up. Typewriter cube. Slow-mo typewriter cube. Cube. Yeah, they say that we're sort of the analog childhood digital yeah. adulthood. No, it's not. We're pretty out. much the, I'll find the it. missing. I'll find it we're the All missing right. link between the two worlds. I'm no fucking Jamie. I can't Google in six seconds, unfortunately. Oh, there is gaming engineering. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Um, what's yours? What's yours, Mike? <laughs> the Cove. Oh, that's oh a, that's wow. A, yeah. Going to some emotional shit. There's two actually, but the Cove was the one that put me onto Earthling, and the Cove. That was. Is one that of the, just because you really like Short Circuit? Earthling. Or the Cove. Well, the Cove. One of the producers was uh, really was in. I short, didn't was in short circuit. I didn't know that. Johnny Number Five. I Johnny Five Alive, the worst movie that. And he also and he, al an and he also played so he also bad. played the uh, the old guy hacker in uh, Hackers. Fisher Stevens. Yeah, Fisher, Stevens. Fisher Stevens. Yeah. So yeah. Fisher Stevens produced the Cove. I believe he did. Yeah. That he was or is the, the executive producer or something? Yeah, what he did because he won an Oscar. I remember. He, remember, he was the one who spoke. I didn't know when that. they won the, I, when they won best documentary. See, I didn't. Okay, I knew Anyways, that so it was. That's fine. On. No, I, totally I the, the, derailed your. That's thing. fine. I fucking love Johnny Five, but I knew it won best, mm -hmm. but I didn't watch it because of the Oscars that year. It had been like eight months, and someone was like, "Have you heard of this thing?" And I was like, "Okay." So what is what do you love about that? It was the first thing that made me give a shit about what's going on in the world. Like oh, in in okay. not in not in like a peta way or in like a human hum, humanitarian way, but just like a this kind of shit happens, and like you know I'm 
animal before human in a lot of ways. So watching, I mean, watching it, but then also knowing that there's so much criminality and, and, and pain and, uh, like you're selling dolphin as tuna. You can't do that. Like that's illegal. And, and, and at the same time, Japan, what was that? I, I liked it. I liked it on some level because now Japan wasn't isn't so squeaky clean. It is. It, it pulls the curtain back, and and I think we all have our fucking skeletons. Mm-hmm. And that movie, I think, started launching a lot of like, okay, what does this area of the world have behind it that we need to talk about? What is this area of the world that totally. we, you know? So it just so happened to be animals. That was my catch on it. But just watching something that you knew, even though it was on a camera, wasn't fake. Right, like they mm-hmm. put those rock cameras in there. They yeah. they mm-hmm. snuck in there to get what you didn't want to see. And then being chased out by like the the local villagers right, and, then and the stuff. guy right in your face, the yeah. entire fuck. Like, there's no love. And then listening to the the um, uh, flipper trainer just talk, like just to educate you on, like, yeah, I go to the zoo on the weekends, and the guilt that comes over me, I have to stuff down. But I'm like, you know, you you do that to an animal, and you 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 make an animal just swim around in a circle all yeah. day long well blackfish did that for black, me black black blackfish mm-hmm. totally totally right like you're like damn you sea world <laughs> what was his name again what was uh the whale's name oh it's such a cool name oh, Willie. Um, oh <laughs> god Ta- oh Ta-ta- to nope <laughs> to it, it, he's a, it, it was the, or, the orca you're talking about right something like that to call him i don't know it's fucked up though that they put killer whales in like basically like a tiny bathtub yeah, no, it's totally... It, and they're, like, they literally, like, in the course of a year will swim, like, tens of thousands of kilometers. And... And, and they're basically... They're the only to, animal that can recognize their image in a mirror. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a dolphin look at itself in the mirror? It's the most joyful Tilicum. thing. Tilicum, thank you. Yeah. Whales can do that, too. Yeah, but, like, marine animals that look in a mirror and go, oh, hi, I'm there. Yeah. That is a level of brain function, so... Have you ever seen that picture that shows, the like, a, a dolphin brain beside a shark brain? Yeah, it's like three times the fucking size of no, it. No, it's like fifty times the size. And that, well, that's, that's why, why dolphins, why orcas fucking hunt sharks for sport. Yeah, and play with. Oh, them. I saw an image recently <laughs> of an orca batting a fucking shark out of the water. Well, also, you was like, that's a great white. Yeah. That's Jaws yeah. taking yeah. it in the fucking ass yeah. right there. But you also remember too, like whales have only, you know, cetaceans have only been around for cetaceans, cetaceans. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's the term. <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to... Who did a degree in fucking yeah. biology? <laughs> Fuck. Isn't that why you guys have me here? For the Latin term, did yes. you have a minor in zoology, too? <laughs> Do you speak Latin? No, but that's just part of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, they've only been around for maybe, like, a million years, right? Whereas, you know, uh, sharks have been around for, I think it's like three or four hundred million years. So from an evolutionary standpoint... You know, dolphins and whales and humans are just further down the, the evolutionary chain, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And they love to masturbate, too, and have sex for pleasure. I remember in Blackfish. true dolphin so fact. I. I know, right? That, the, that's, that's what I'm saying. The one in Blackfish where they found the guy in the tank who had snuck in, and he was, like, playing with the dead guy. Like, it was... It, he was treating it like a seal. You can tell that they're just tormented fucking and they're animals. Bored. And yeah, they're yeah. fucking bored. You, I think at the beginning they're like, "Oh, this is kind of fun, and I'm getting free meals." And then after a while, they're just like, "Kill me!" Yeah. Like I want out. Somebody of here. kill me, please. Yeah, yeah it's. I'm bo- actually surprised there's not more suicide from these dolphins and and whales and some of these for such activities. a higher functioning creature. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they'd be like, "Well, they cry." Like you see, you, I, Orca. Did you guys ever see the movie Orca from when you were? 
one where SeaWorld's probably giving them fucking Xanax or a guy, or to keep them fucking. So uh, uh, Orca's fucked. I'm dead serious. I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing. Oh, they're up doping shit like them that. for sure. With for the, they're docile in the them. How the, you know, oh, like how, how they're, yeah, it curls a, over, and yeah. then wasn't that, that one that was curled me. over, and then they released it, and then it comes back up. Hundred percent. Like, if that's not a testimonial. Yeah. The uh, the Earthling one that I kind of mentioned, I'll just do two seconds on it. It it's narrated by Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. and it's the five uh, ways that which animals are used and treated by humans. It took the guy ten years to make, and it is eighty-five to ninety percent. So like labor, food. Mm-hmm. Labor, food, science, entertainment, clothing. Mm. So it is only shot through the eye of secret footage and handicam. And was entertainment both sport hunting and like zoos? Yeah, anything where you uh, benefit. Circuses. Circuses. Very heavy on circuses. So you've got Joaquin Phoenix narrating this well written script about the abuse that animals go through at the hands of humans and he actually talks about through over the evolutionary period there's been different phases of how things have treated each other and there's a new thing called a humanist where they're above animals they feel that animals are beneath them that's and not a new thing it, well no but at the time of the movie i guess it was something that new no, no, people no, no, talking no, no, about no, no, but it's no, 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 i'm sure if this you is... if you if you read philosophical writings from the 1600s okay. and 1700s there's tons of of renowned writers and philosophers and those types of things that write about how, you know, the the earth is at the mercy of man and man yeah, is yeah, allowed yeah. to dominate yes. it. That's a reoccurring theme in a lot of uh, Christianity and those types of things and other religions. Yeah, we're where, where humans have the innate right to m- basically dictate nature to our will kind of thing. Yeah. This is not a movie that was designed to do anything but make you question a lot and sit through almost horror porn in a way. Mm-hmm. But what you're experiencing is like a onslaught of sensory overload when you're watching minks get like funneled into a room to make a mink coat, right? And how animals that are being coat used. Is so comfy. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, I get it, man. But you're fucking sleeping that shit. But like, and then how. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I sleep in an entire bed made the, of mink. The circus says I that. I prefer chinchilla. <laughs> The circus says they don't use the hook end of the. I prefer the pandas. Stick. <laughs> I, I got one. Um, they uh, they use the blunt end of the stick on the elephant, not the hook. And then in the video, you like so what? What Keen is doing is he's narrating a lot of things yeah, about yeah. how industries are supposed to do it. Like he talks about a kosher how butcher house, to, how they're supposed to be humane. Yeah, and, and, and the video is the complete opposite. Yeah, it's that. Can kind we of talk stuff. about something like? Yeah, totally, totally. Can, um, can I just mention one other documentary that just I totally got brought the room down with my depression yeah. on animal so killing? I, wanna, I care more about animals than humans. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's Where'd go, let's, dude. Let's focus on a very positive documentary. If you haven't seen Fantastic Fungi or Fungi, oh, so good. Uh, okay, it it was it's from 2019. It is narrated by Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, she's badass, and it really really it it centers around uh paul stamens and his research in mycology and those types of things it is so uplifting it is so fascinating mycology i think is is really the future of the human race in so many facets from detoxifying our bodies and eliminating pollution and those kind of things everyone should watch it it is it gives me some hope for the future and if you have cancer take fucking turkey tail because i think that'll help nip it in the butt it blew me away how the the mushrooms will like take like 
hazardous waste and mm-hmm. oil and just destroy it and it'll completely detoxify it and turn it into something not just sequester it away yeah but actually take those molecules and transform them into something that nature can basically reuse and they're the last step in you know like like an animal in they're like the last step and the first step but they'll take anything and they'll bring it back to the earth like it's that that the mushroom is the decomposers yeah that last step Mm -hmm. right after all the bugs are gone Mm -hmm. that they finish it off the part with the mycelium underneath the forest floor freaking blew me away you didn't know about that just how much they communicate it's it's, it's insane and like that michael risel relationship between the plants (laughs) and the fungus is so immense we're learning more and more about it all the time and the the communication factor and how large these organisms are and how old they are and how like intermingled they are and the symbiotic relationship between them and the plants it is so fascinating. It, it made me I see think, the forest as like a as an one living organism that mm-hmm. communicated. And yeah. they talked about a study, and I, I kind of searched it afterwards, mm-hmm. where they um, injected or they used um, uh, uh, an isotope, a mm-hmm. radioactive yeah, isotope, yeah. and they and tracked tr- it, how it's been passed. Mm-hmm. It was freaking amazing. When I was at university, we actually talked about that study because oh. I took an advanced mycology class, and it was fucking so fascinating. I, I'm it's, totally hooked on mushrooms right now. Like, it's so cool. And I... I also heard like the magic ones are fucking awesome. <laughs> I took I took them a couple weeks ago and fuck I had a great trip. So you know what I might go microdose tonight when I go home. <laughs> I was just listening Can- to a guy that's a, a Harvard and Berkeley professor that does a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He just wrote a book called. Is it the guy from Columbia? No, no, that's that's Hart from Columbia. He's interesting. Yeah. But this other guy is he's like in his 60s and that's mm. the first time he started experiment. He did the book on the uh, carnivore's dilemma. Oh, was his uh, first book. Oh, what's his name? Um He's in I think he's, he's in Fantastic yeah. Fun Fungi. Yeah. Um and if he talks watch, about using like all plants. I can't remember his name right now. He's he is he's fantastic. He had a really good podcast with Rogan as well. Yes, and he's he literally is just. Is so he like the Godfather of mushrooms? Is he kind of? He's. I, I think I know. No, that's I, that's Terrence McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. No, I know the guy you're talking about though, because I think he was he on an older episode of Rogan. Uh, Michael Pollan. That's it. Thank you. And His name he's is Pollan. So or Pollan or Pollan. He, but he's I like so the mushrooms. He's very objective because he, I I love it that he goes in and he'll research these things from a purely objective standpoint, but he'll immerse himself so much and actually take part in these things to actually get both sides of the perspective and writes things objectively in a way that's it's almost a journey the way he writes his books he goes this was kind of the my original perspective and kind of the narrative that the mainstream sees but this is where i've evolved to and this and you know it's it's i i like the way he writes his books yeah and he's a journalist too didn't he write like a a big article for the new yorker that he he, i think he's won a pulitzer that he got sued over or he got in a bunch of trouble for uh because he talked about his trip that he had what was it michael Michael pollan yeah p-o-l-l-a-n i think and uh yeah but like talking about ayahuasca and dmt and psilocybin and he but he's like a 65 year old dude that's just so fascinating he talks about how plants have evolved these defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. um and how this isn't happening. What's that? With oh, Mark I just, Wahlberg. I just find it so <laughs> fascinating how he says, well, you can't just like you can't develop a poison that just kills everything off because then the things that are immune to the poison, they'll just the ones who will propagate. And now everything mm-hmm. will be immune to your poison. So you have to like 
Like he said, my cat loves uh, catnip. Every time he goes to the garden, he gets fucked up on catnip and he's like all out of it. But every time he follows me back to the garden, he can't remember where the catnip is. And that's because the catnip fucks you up and fucks with your memory. So you can't remember where you had it. Well, it's fascinating <laughs> with plants too, too. I mean, like look at nicotine. Nicotine is an anti-habivory that the plant creates so that certain insects won't eat it, right? Because when they eat it, it fucks up with their nervous system and will either kill them or disorientate them so they don't know where they are. But to humans, because we're larger, it basically becomes, you know, a, uh, a substance that we like. And these secondary metabolites is what they're referred to in the plants are basically the different drugs that we love to use every single day. And they were talking about how some flowers have developed caffeine because bees mm-hmm. love caffeine. This is all about... And they suck them in to be... <laughs> well, the other cool thing about flowers, too, is there's the flowers, the colors that we see... But then when you look at ultraviolet light, which a lot of insects see, there's actually unique patterns that are actually seen on that. And those will actually attract certain insects that will help with a poll- with, pollen- with pollination. There was just a documentary I saw or a mm-hmm. show where they were showing plants through a different lens. Yeah, National Geographic had yeah. a huge article on it about really? four or five months ago. I'm totally enthralled with, yeah. uh, I've been, with yeah, mushrooms well, and plants lately. You yeah. dropped Welcome it to in. the Real Debaters, where we talk about <laughs> no, uh, cutting-edge, <laughs> peer-reviewed science. Hey, listen, if you... <laughs> but it's all docs, I'm down right? to do yeah. fucking, yeah. right? We'll, we'll give you fucking an hour on the show if you want to do it. Yeah. All the science and movies with Rob Strack. Uh, I'd have to do a lot of research. <laughs> That's a fact. And, and honestly, like the comment section would just be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. No, man. Like, that fantastic fungi blew my mind. Yeah, it's great. This, so everyone it, needs to watch it. It yeah. just sounds like a fucking it's educational ride. It's uplifting, too. It's uplifting. Well, I felt that's... lighter after watching it. Yeah, and it, just the health benefits of a lot of the mushrooms, right? There's reishi, the... which is going to be good for calming and relaxation. Lion's mane. Lion's mane, which is good for your immune system. Hey, they make system. a lion mane's, lion mane's coffee with mushrooms. Yeah. Tea. Tea, yeah. I've, I've heard of mushroom you coffee You can throw that shit tea. in coffee. Why not? Yeah, well... Sean. And then you talked about the turkey tail. Turkey tail, which has been shown to be very good at uh, uh, dealing with uh, can- t- tumors. Do uh, do they deal with like edible as in like what you can eat, or is it just mushrooms in the plant world? It's just and... talking about mushrooms in general. You just gotta watch it, okay. right? And is it a series or is it a movie? It's just a, it's a documentary. It's, a... it's two hours long. Yeah. Oh, great! Okay. Fascinating though, and it's it's on Netflix. No, Shauna. Watch, I mean, like, watch it now. Shauna loves all. Like kinds it was of one of those documentaries. I I got distracted and I missed a part and I like rewound it because I didn't want to miss a second. Oh. And that shows you it's a good doc. Yeah, yeah. Because well, sometimes you watch a doc, you're like, eh, whatever. You have it on the background story. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. I I every second of it. I even watched part of it twice because it was so good. And the people are so. F- how many amateur mycologists there are really that like are pushing the the it's science like, like and the foragers? Well, Paul Stamens, uh, Stamets. He doesn't even have a degree. Yeah, he's just got he's interested. A, he's a forager, but but he's but he's he's discovered all these things that he has all these patents, and he takes the money from the patents and uses it to further research. And he has an entire company, and he has like fifty people that work for him. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this tonight. And apparently, it's a really cool community too. It seems yeah. like they're like yeah, it really it well it's isn't awesome. isn't the point of microdosing to. Focus. Elevate yourself to feel better, to to be more in touch with yourself, to, to answer, to ask well, questions. The, well, and the see, other big thing, like like psilocybin specifically, especially in microdoses or even just a regular dose, has been shown to improve uh, neural elasticity and actually regeneration of of neurons. So you're telling me that if I take magic mushrooms, I'll get smarter? Yeah. And and, you'll be, yeah! and, and it's been shown to, like, uh, there's an organization in the United States called MAPS, which is multi multidisciplinary. 
um, something of psychedelic. A group of smart people. Science or something. I can't remember exactly what it stands for. I apologize. Uh, Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. And they're doing comprehensive studies with um, psilocybin and MDMA. And ketamine. A, and ketamine's another one. Uh, cannabis, right? And they've actually found uh, with studies that doing psilocybin actually makes you a better human. It actually makes you more appreciative. It makes you more empathetic. It makes you show more humility and generally see the world from a, 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 a different um, perspective that maybe isn't as hate-filled or as fearful. You know what I love is that the thing that is in this movie made you feel better watching it, but by watching it, you might take a thing that's going to make you feel even better. Possibly, or help with your health or help you help with the disease or a recommendation in there that you might give to a loved one or a friend or when that chain goes down the road might actually improve the betterment of society. And it, I think Rob's gone down the same rabbit holes in this that I have where you get into the like dealing with mushrooms and how they think a lot of uh, like religion in the world has actually stemmed from psychedelics like and the use like of Santa, them like Santa, Santa Claus, Claus and Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> I love that shit. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. No, I, I I love a good light documentary now. Like I was going through I think I was going through a thing at that time where I was like fuck the world and just wanted to like encroach on shit. But like the the one the Rubik's Cube documentary on Netflix it was just good. Fucking yeah. Is that where me. that's really yeah, Rubik's Cubes and yeah, like how fast you can do that and yeah, like the design behind it? And but shit. the story behind it is is like the champion and I think the, the human human side of it was the cool. human side of it was really great because the champion and the challenger became friends and I is the challenger had was it autism did he have? Yeah. And they just have this bond and work off of each other. And you're just like this needs to be an actual movie. Like, if you're going to get the rest of the people in the world to know this story, you need to make this a fucking story. Because the climax at the end of it, like, watching Rubik's Cuban, fucking epic. And it could have been anything. That's the That's, cool yeah. part about it. That's it wasn't. It's, it's any, like, challenger. It's, like, almost like a David versus Goliath yeah. kind of. It story. was the human yeah. interest part yeah. of it that got yeah. me on that one for sure. Like, it could have been It could have been racing or It could have been chess. It could have been, anything. like. Yeah, it just happened to be this was the thing that that they were so focused on, and the one character solving that's all Rubik Cube. That's all second, he cared and, about. And that's what it is. They're, yeah. Like those, those are the guys that go. Have you watched that one, Rob? No. Oh, there's literally the the one kid they're talking about. Twenty four hours. Every time he's up, he's got a Rubik's cube in his hand that he's mixing up and solving. Just while he's doing other things. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Is that the like, is that the like, kid? Is he, that the autistic, the autistic kid? Autistic kid. Yeah, that's he's completely absorbed. He's dialed fucking kid. in like you've never seen. I I actually honestly believe that autism is very beneficial for society in a lot of ways because I think you have unique individuals that maybe see the world from a different perspective and they can add something to the mainstream narrative and allow humans to maybe make a right turn for the betterment of certain things. I think the explore the exploration mm -hmm. of neurodiversity mm -hmm. in its multiple forms, mm -hmm. whether that's autism and even like ADD is mm -hmm. another type of neurodivergence, mm -hmm. just how the brain can be wired differently. Totally. Not less just completely differently. And then that goes into like things. how numbers are actually colors for some people. Well, I was or, just going to say you know? that, that I can't remember what it's called music. right now, but yeah, like, this is what pie looks like. Pie looks like this. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. unbelievable. It's not 3.14. Like, they fucking blah, 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 see blah, blah, the blah, blah, world blah. like the matrix. Away, totally. Right? totally. Yeah. Yeah. Code. Everything's code. 
cool. <clears throat> no, that one that one really helps. Uh, synesthesia. Yeah. Where they, that's yeah, that's oh, okay. where they cross your Ooh, senses with things. That's a good word. <laughs> you guys, uh, we're hitting, we're, we're coming on the home stretch here. I think here. we're good, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think we've... There's think another we're... doc I saw in that that was like on superhumans and people with synesthesia that can like Ooh. like see music. Did you see the documentary? Did it's almost see... as interesting as synergistic effect. <laughs> Did you guys see the documentary about the people who think they're superheroes? No, but I kind of want to see it because it's. I saw the awesomely... one of the people that go out and patrol the streets. That's the one. Yeah, I saw. That Where like the guy lives in like a. a oh yeah, one there's bedroom. a guy that kind of looks like a Batman type. Yeah. guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah and then that's there's the a one. guy that had like a big belly that kind of hung out from like the bulletproof vest thing he yeah. was wearing. Yeah, and he's got like a half-eaten like dummy to beat up in his yeah. like one bed. Yeah, okay. Like Wasn't those called are those people real? <laughs> those people are I okay. It's a, it's a movie, but it's on the screen, so you got to question it sometimes. Like, I is think it scripted or were they actual people? They were actual people. Who and can I ask you an honest question? Yeah. Are 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 any of them like mentally ill? I think there like was some mental. Mentally, I think there was a good chance. There's a very good chance we had some mental health issues all okay. up in that bitch. Okay. Hundred percent. And and were any of them had any of them actually solved any real crime? They've been mostly asked to stay away. Okay. Like they didn't really have much to offer besides cool somewhat cool co- one guy I had feel like, like a, I've seen part of it you've, you've seen it you've no, I know or you've I've seen, seen it the trailer it's the problem who, is is you've seen part of it but then you also get it mixed up with like two other documentaries I've well seen. there's that other non-documentary that's with all the shitty superheroes that like the guy that's just got the shovel would oh that? the one with Ben Stiller <laughs> Um, oh, uh, I yeah. can't remember what it is. It Ray, is kind of Hank, like, Hank Azaria's in it. Yeah, they're just and uh, Pee Wee Herman's in it. There's spoons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pee Wee Herman's I, the zit, the I, human uh, zit. I get that mixed up let, with the doc. Let, let, what's that what called? The let, keep talking. It's like the it wrong guys or the wrong no. some. Oh, it's yeah. Oh, what is that Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller, man. Ben Stiller, you'll find it. But when I remember the the things from that doc, I think my memories get twisted with that movie. Oh, for sure. I can the, wow, Ben Stiller's cross, been a lot of shit. Yeah, he's directing now. <laughs> Fuck. No, I I I love that one. I had that a one scroll was... for a while. What, what, was that in the nineties? Oh, no, early two thousand, mid two thousands, early two thousands. I feel like it had a um, somebody once tell me. Na, da, <laughs> na, 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 na. Yeah, no, I the documentaries are. I love going. Do oh, you remember the Ben Stiller movie Duplex? Where they like no. buy? There's like the old lady that lives downstairs, and then they're upstairs. They Mystery buy- Men. Mystery Men. That's totally. Yes. Right. I'm also gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch Fantastic Fungi and Mystery Men. You should watch Zoolander. I I got my Funko Pops to stare at me. I got Derek and uh, Hansel. Smash Mouth. <laughs> That's right. Hank Azaria's yeah. got like the. He, yeah, Mystery like the, Men for sure. The full snake charmer garb. Oh, that's of- right. He's, <laughs> and he's yeah, he blows for the cobra. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the Who's got the cutlery though? And uh, Frank and Frank's in it from fucking uh, William H Macy's in it too. Oh my god! Oh, Shameless is amazing. The last couple seasons are kind of like I'm kind of like. Eh. William H Macy's the he's like the digger or something, isn't he? The he's digger. Got the <laughs> that's right. Captain Construction. <laughs> and then there's and then Greg Kinnear plays Captain Amazing, who's like the real hero, and they're like, oh wow. Oh, that's so good. It, well, it's actually a really good movie when you think about it. And Pee Wee Herman's the guy that farts with the bad guys. He far- oh, okay, right. farts. Yes. I thought he was yeah. farts. Someone was farts yeah. or zits. But he, but no, he had like zits and he had really bad breath, but his farts were especially bad. That's right. That was his superpower. That was what he did after he walked through a theater with his penis out. That was his comeback role, I bet. Oh, yeah, Janine Garofalo was yeah. in it, too. That's right. Oh, that's How did good. they convince all these people at the time? 
just to be like we're because they do- were all his buddies. They were all kind of yeah. combined together. At the okay, time. for sure. This is yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, right. Different class. Yeah, different era. Captain Amazing. Yeah, that. So my problem is when I I think of that Doc suddenly. One of the like Hank Azaria's character appears to me in the head, and I'm like, "Was that the guy in the dock, or was that?" And I'm like, "Oh no, that's Mystery Man." Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> good, good tie-in. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Anyways, are we putting this bad boy to bed? Yeah, let's put this bitch to bed, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, this has been great. This has been another Real Debaters production. Uh, quick, easy, simple. RealDebaters.ca. Go there, subscribe to the show. It's free. It's easy. That's all you got to do. If that's what you want to give to us after you've listened to us and this is your first time and you're like hey these guys are cool so just subscribe i feel like we were introspective as fuck today yeah, yeah i do we i think were, we went yeah. a little this deeper. one was more for us than yeah it was for the, yeah we hope you like the, it for the yeah. viewers yeah we got cathartic today guys no it was definitely like i feel i feel lighter I feel, uh we got so, heady and shit but uh if you want to if you want to feel so inclined to throw some bucks at us in any way shape or form there's two tabs in the bottom of the show notes. One is our prop shop, threadless.com. Cozy fucking shirts. We all have one. Um, actually, I think I have two. But no, I have way more than that now. I've Yeah, there's a bunch upstairs that I haven't even worn yet. Yeah, I have four. Yeah. I think. Um, and then, like, other weird shit, too. We actually, they've, they've upgraded their site, Rob. Now you can get a skateboard deck or a skateboard fully ready to go. What? So, like, trucks, wheels, everything, right? What kind of trucks are they? Are they Venture Ultralights? I didn't really look under the hood. So I don't have much to say. Um, I do know that if uh, shirts and hoodies aren't your bag, then there's a donation tab. One buck gets you a shout out on the show. Like three bucks gets you like a razzing and five bucks you can donate a razzing. So you can send in shit about your not friends. Not to be confused with a razzie. Yeah, no, not a razzie as in like the award you get for being an idiot. Um, or make, no, ba- making bad shit. Daddy, That's do you want some sausage? <laughs> no, so like if you want to call, call in, if you want to call into the show, if you want to send an email and say, hey, this is my friend and this is the stuff that they like to watch and it would embarrass them, we'll do that for you. We'll embarrass your friend for five bucks. Be That's- like, hey, my friend hasn't seen the Matrix trilogy. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll roast them on the show yeah, for you. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck we love idiot. you. Fucking idiot, but we love you. Uh, so yeah, if you feel like you want to do that, that's cool too. You don't have to. The subscription thing, that's all we really give two shits about here. Subscribe. Subscribe. Please. So smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscription button. And uh, yeah, that's it. I've uh, I've been Michael Petro. I'm Rob Strack. Marco. And we're fucking. Oh yeah, watch them movies. And we're going.